If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. The handshakes are happening on the field at Arrowhead right now as the Chiefs fall to the Packers 31-24. to This is going to be one of the most interesting games that we will talk about all season long for the Kansas City Chiefs. A tight loss to the Packers at Arrowhead. We were talking about this during the pregame show. The expectations here were relatively minimal. I think we said, I think I said 31-17. The Chiefs adding a touchdown to that is pretty good. Some of the things you saw from this offense today were really good. Some of the things you saw from this defense today were spectacular. You saw the absolute best out of just about every unit on this team. And you saw the absolute worst in a few really important moments. You can call into the show if you'd like, 913-3810-810. We will also hear from Andy Reid, Matt Moore, everyone from the locker room out at Arrowhead. I'm Josh Briscoe alongside Brad Porter. We have, seriously, Brad, so much that we can dissect here. And, and I often fear that we will fall into the the old mistake of of believing that the last thing that we saw was the most important thing that we saw. Right. And I don't think that's the case here in this game. I think the last thing that we saw included mistakes, and there were things that were deeply frustrating in the moment and then afterwards as well. But the larger picture of this game is still fascinating to me, multifaceted, mm-hmm. Very detailed and and extremely, extremely telling for several different places where the Chiefs are at right now. You get an outstanding game in in terms of containing Aaron Rodgers. You have a screen go for 60-some yards, and you have the consistent problem, as you did on that screen, of linebackers lined up on running backs. That was the problem the defense had all day today. And outside yep. of that, the defense was was exceptional. Offensively, you have Andy Reid doing some of his absolute best work, making Matt Moore a guy who can go blow for blow with Aaron Rodgers. And then he makes two really poor coaching decisions in the last few minutes of the game. It just This feels like a 360-degree picture of where the Chiefs are at right now without Patrick Mahomes and without a bunch of of defensive stars on this team. There's there's too much for a sentence, there's too much for one statement, but if I if I give you all of that, does something does something seem fundamentally more true than anything else from what we saw in this game tonight? Yes, and, and I agree with you. The last thing you saw was not the worst thing you saw. You, and I think you hit it with the linebackers getting matched up on the running backs and that's where Matt LaFleur found just enough of an edge mm-hmm. along with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. To beat the Chiefs, you had the 68-yard touchdown run, the the pass and run, because you had running back against the linebacker, and the touchdown in the corner of the end zone, the crazy throw by Aaron Rodgers where he's running backwards off his back foot, leaping, throwing to the corner. That was Ben Neiman on a running back. Yep. That was Aaron Jones. Yep. And look, that was a perfect throw. I'm not sure... How much better you could have covered? Ben it, Neiman's hand was—he was—he was basically holding the receiver's hand in that moment, the running yes. back's hand in that moment. It was incredible. Yes, but they found the little edges in matchups to just cause enough of a difference to win this game. Now, I thought Andy Reid's game plan 
with Matt Moore as the starting quarterback was brilliant. They get down 14 to nothing, but they're going swing passes. They're going screens. They're going short and intermediate routes. They're going crossing routes underneath. They had the one, if you could call it a deep ball, the touchdown to Travis Kelsey, which was a brilliant play by Matt Moore because he's got pressure coming in his face. He's going backwards. He knows he can't get it to the side of the field where Kelsey is trying to get to towards the middle. So he throws it up high and hangs it long enough for Kelsey to recognize it, spin around, get back under the ball, and he'd already burned the linebacker and go into the end zone. So Andy Reid's play calling was pretty good. I said brilliant earlier. I'll say pretty good. There were a couple of places where, in the second half in particular, running the ball too much. There were there was and in particular when you were on like a second and eight situation or a third and five situation. There were a couple of those that I thought, why why did you get away from that? Mm-hmm. You were having so much success. Um, and a good decision to get LaShawn McCoy out of the game after the fumble. Yep, that was because, huge. And I almost tweeted out, well, it, it would have been way before that. There was a particular run down the sideline where he's waving the ball out there like the loaf of bread, the proverbial loaf of bread, where I thought, that's going to come back to haunt the Chiefs. And sure as heck, it did. So Andy Reid, I thought, did a great job of setting up a game plan and calling plays for Matt Moore. Just couldn't get enough of them in the second half. On the other side, for the defense... Steve Spagnuolo made the adjustments. After getting down 14 to nothing, finally decided, I've had enough of this garbage. We were going to lay back and not let Aaron Jones beat us, or Aaron Rodgers beat us deep. What are we going to do? We're going to start sending guys, whether it was linebackers, whether it was defensive ends. Um, they got guys in Aaron Rodgers' face, the corners, and the safeties did a great job in coverage. That's why the Chiefs got five sacks tonight. Mm-hmm. There was good penetration, but there was also a great job of covering the receivers. And we call those coverage sacks. When Rodgers has to stand back there, sometimes he had a little too much time. But if the corners and the safeties are holding, and the linebackers, that allows your guys to get the push and get the sacks. So I thought that was really good on the part of the Chiefs' defense. They kind of ran out of gas at the end, but that's okay. The time of possession was was pretty even. I think the Packers may have gained three extra minutes there at the end, three and a half extra minutes at the end. But um, it was pretty close. Special teams had a couple of bad penalties, but... Matt Moore was able to come overcome that. All in all, thoroughly entertaining game. If you're just tuning in as a football fan, a thoroughly entertaining game. You can start picking apart some things, and I've already done that. I didn't particularly care for the timeout being called with um, 2.41. Yeah, I wrote it down. There was 2.41. Yeah, there, the, the two coaching decisions there, I think, deserve their own, yeah. their own conversation. So I wasn't really thrilled with the timeout at 2.41, and I wasn't thrilled before that when the Chiefs decided to punt because there were still... That was with 5.04 left in the game, and the Packers had shown over the course of the game that they could put together long, sustained drives. And mm-hmm. they put together a couple that I call the death death by a thousand paper cuts drives, mm-hmm. where it's five yards, it's eight yards, it's 11 yards, it's four and just constantly moving the football and eating up the clock. And I thought with 5.04, there's an excellent chance you're not seeing the football again. I proved to be proved to be right on that one, or correct. Uh, not some kind of soothsayer or anything. Just what I observed over the course of the game. But I don't, I don't really get. I don't. So I don't get the timeout with two forty-one to go, and I don't get punting on fourth and three. I just at that point you got Matt Moore had shown the ability to get the ball out in space. Chiefs running backs and receivers had shown the ball. 
the ability to get in space and get some extra yards, especially Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Damian Williams was kind of on a roll there. Thought you might get him out in space. So those are the two things that I really thought, oh, man. Didn't cost him the game, but it it took away the last chance to, to tie the game. Those two things, and again, anybody, I, I'm sure... There will be calls tonight, and there will be. There have already been tweets tonight of like, "Oh, I, 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 I Andy Reid's an idiot, and he can't manage an offense and everything." And if you come through with that, I'm going to lose my mind. And if you come through saying Andy Reid is infallible and all things have been excellent here, I'm going to lose my mind. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. We'll start taking calls after we hear from Andy Reid and Matt Moore. I invite you to come try to make me lose my mind. And I will yell at you if I think you're being dumb. That's okay. I'm ready to do that. Um. Here's here's the thing. You cannot, like, there is not a logical way for you to take this whole game and then wrap it up in a sentence, to wrap no. it up in one single narrative. It's not going to work. If you say Andy Reid's an idiot who can't be an NFL head coach because at the end he made two mistakes. The, the, the punt that should not have been kicked away at the end of the game was an absolute absolute mistake and it was a choice that he made we'll get to the timeout thing I will say that the timeout was more egregious as a clear mistake with literally no argument to the contrary Andy Reid can make can make an argument on the punt I would say that it was a mistake but but not a factual one that was a choice that Andy Reid made that I fundamentally disagreed with um there's a really fun uh Twitter account that will that like uh, calculates how cowardly a punt is and, and how it changes your winning percentage and everything. And uh, it tweeted that when the Chiefs decided to punt from uh, to Green Bay from the Kansas City 40 on 4th and 3 with 5.13 remaining in the 4th while losing by a touchdown, uh, that ranked it in the 98th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2019 season and the 95th percentile of all punts since 2009. What? It's inexcusably poor odds and inexcusably poor from a game management perspective. And here's the thing about that punt. And I'm going to... I did this in the pregame, too. I made a, a soccer comparison, okay? So... And it, when you get in a soccer game and it's late, you're in the 90th minute, whatever, and you're down two to one, one to nothing. It's a difference of one goal, and your goalkeeper comes rushing up the field because you want an extra body up there. And the thing, you know, some people ask, why would you do that? You could give up another goal. Yes, but what's the difference between losing two to one and three to one? It doesn't matter. With the Chiefs punting there, they took away their last chance to get a touchdown and tie the game right. by punting it away. That's what I, yeah, I'm sorry, I was recollecting my thought. By punting it away, you took away your last good chance to tie the football game. If you'd have gone for it and not gotten it, what's the difference between losing by 7 or losing by 10? Or losing by 7 and Green Bay runs out the clock and chews it up the rest of the way. But what's the difference between losing by 7 and losing by 10? Well, and if you, you said it was the last chance they had to touch the ball, they they could have, by not, con, not converting that 4th and 3, only have had one more offensive play on the night. They ended up with zero more offensive plays on the night. Like, right. that was actually how it played out there. And again, like, you can look at win percentage and the choices there while also having this this totally beaten down defense that's been that's been holding that's been barely holding water against Aaron Rodgers in this offense all night long. And again, I I cannot stress this part of it enough. 
where I'm, you're going to say a thing that is going to be true and that I agree with, and then I'm going to go to the immediate other side of this and, and hit that ping pong ball back over because the ping pong ball needs to be hanging in the balance over the net for this entire postgame show. So you say all those things that, that make that punt the absolute wrong decision. I will run over to the other side now and tell you the Chiefs are not in that game with 30 other NFL head coaches. Belichick maybe figure something out with Matt Moore. I feel Matt LaFleur is not making it work. Matt LaFleur barely beat this team with Aaron Rodgers, and he's a wonderful coach. There are some very good coaches here, and I don't know if anybody is keeping the Chiefs in that game with Matt Moore at quarterback. So you have to both give credit and blame. It's a full picture. LaShawn McCoy cost the Chiefs seven points in this game. He also was one of the reasons their offense looked good with Matt Moore at quarterback. It's complicated. There's a lot going on here. And so the thing that makes me just lose my mind is the reductionism of saying either this this is true or this is true and, and ignoring the fact that it's all true at the same time. Calling a timeout with 241 is literally pointless. It's literally pointless. You call the timeout at 241, they're going to run one more play right. it before the two-minute warning. If you don't call a timeout at 241, they're going to have to snap right. the ball at 202. So they're still running one more play yes. before the two-minute warning. That, for me, again, like I'm less, I think I'm less frustrated by that simply because that had less of an impact. That, that was, and also, it was, I mean, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I don't know if Andy Reid knew there 241 on there. Maybe he thought it had gone down to 238. And if that's the case, you do want to call that timeout. That one for me, again, if you've got a, if you've got a, a kid who's played a lot of Madden with a headset in the booth, you can avoid that problem. The punt was a decision that he made to say, you know what? I'm going to put this defense back on the field that's been out there the, just the whole damn half. Yeah. The, the defense did... So much well mm-hmm. in this football game. They they deserve credit on so many levels. I would say Steve Spagnuolo probably coached his best game here. And, run to the other side, hit the ping pong ball back. He couldn't ever get his linebackers off of the running backs. The, 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 uh, the Packers were, were moving outside. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. You as a defensive coordinator need to go, oh God, we are getting absolutely brutalized by this one thing the Packers are doing offensively because we can't get Ben Neiman out of coverage or or Anthony Hitchens out of coverage over by the damn sideline. That's a huge mistake and a consistent mistake and what would otherwise be an absolutely masterful game from Steve Spagnuolo. It's all true all at once. Yes, and Spagnuolo in the second half, they made their adjustments, and you saw, I thought Chris Collinsworth, some people like him, some people don't. I, I tend to like Chris Collinsworth. But he pointed out on the that Packers' first drive of the second half, the the really long drive, the chess match that was going on between Hitchens and Rodgers, where the Chiefs would line up, Rodgers would look at it, get out of what they were going to call, Hitchens would get out of what they were going to call, and again, it was just the death by a thousand paper cuts. And Chris Collinsworth said, you know, you're getting stuck, just what you said, you're getting stuck with your linebackers on your running backs and and some of the receivers, and he said Rodgers notices it right away. You have to change it because as soon as he sees what the matchup is, it's like, okay, I'm going to dump this off um, either in the backfield or two yep. yards over the line, yep. and you've got a linebacker that's not going to be able to cover, and I'm going to get another seven yards out of it. Or he's going to sprint down the line, and I'll find him. I'm just going to drop mm-hmm. the ball 30 right. yards downfield because I'm Aaron Bleep and Rodgers. Right. 
And and listen, man, all of this plays together. Like I, Steve Spagnuolo's not an idiot, and neither am I. So if you're if you're sitting there going, well, yeah, he's got to figure it out. It is hard. It's a difficult thing to do because you say, oh, they can't stop the run ever. You know why it's hard to stop the run whenever you're trying to stop the pass because you are trying to figure out that balance, right? It's because you got Dan Sorensen out there instead of Reggie Ragland. Whenever you're in a nickel package like that, you are you are exposing yourself to something always. The Packers are a good offense. Matt Lafleur is a good coach. Aaron Rodgers. Good quarterback. So if you're going to take Dan Sorensen and, and bring him on the field because he's the closest thing you have to like a coverage linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Or he's a run-stopping safety. He's, you can, a, he's a tweener. He's definitely a tweener. And I would argue Ben Neiman is close to a tweener mm-hmm. on the other side, right? Neither, neither of them are perfect for that role. But if you take Reggie Ragland or Damian Wilson off of the field, who was excellent today, until he was not excellent anymore. Damian Wilson had a couple of bad plays and like eight great ones. That's football. That's how this works. But so you you make these personnel decisions, swapping guys in and out to try to play one thing or another. If if you have Dan Sorensen essentially covering Aaron Jones in the backfield, right? Roger says that he sees that that's the man matchup there. He's not going to motion him out wide and then and then challenge you to cover him. Or God forbid, it's uh, Tyron Matthew, right? So why don't you put Tyron Matthew on the running back? Well. If you, if you do that, now they're just going to go ahead and run the ball right at your safety, who's essentially accounting for your running back in this situation, or they eventually spread you out and they're going to find the weaknesses. It's a really hard game, but it is also very frustrating to see the same thing come back and bite the Chiefs over and over. That's where I'm left deeply, deeply frustrated here, is the Chiefs did a pretty damn good job at stopping the, the, the Packers' wide receivers. Tight ends had a couple of moments. Running backs had all of the killer ones. Well, look what they were doing with Lazard all night. Yeah, they were screening to Lazard at yes. tight end all yes. night long. They got yes. a couple of they got a couple of mid range passes to Graham, but that's what they were doing. They weren't throwing a lot of deep stuff. By the way, one thing on Damian Williams, uh, Wilson, Wilson. Pardon me. I've done that. Check that off. That's eight weeks in a row. <laughs> we'll do yeah. it a thousand more. Okay, so. We talked about in pregame, or I talked about in pregame, he had a couple of kind of lousy games or not so great games. He comes back and he gets he gets the penalty on the late hit. Yeah. Which I thought was a garbage call. It was a garbage and, call and that Aaron Rodgers is always going to get. Someone on Twitter pointed out that if that was Patrick Mahomes, I'd be calling it assault. And he's totally yes. right. I'm a hypocrite. Well, here's here's where I look at I kind of look for um, guys who are former players who are on Twitter during the game to see what they say after certain plays. And Dana Hughes, who used to play wide receiver for the Chiefs, tweeted out, that should not be a penalty. He said what Aaron Rodgers is getting away with is he's running with no intention to slide, and he's having the defender honor his run, and at the last second, he tiptoes out of bounds and expects not to get hit. And that's a a classic play by a veteran quarterback to draw a cheap penalty. That's garbage. But Damian Williams came back and had a huge – or Damian Wilson had a couple of uh, huge sacks. Yeah. and just getting in the backfield, being a disruptive force, uh, just good stuff. And and part of that, we're waiting on Andy Reid here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. Josh Briscoe, Brad Portal. Portal? I was, I was going to pivot to saying Brad Porter. Connell's hitting all the buttons tonight. We don't have beards. Connell's our Matt Moore right now. And so far, no turnovers. Everything's working so far. Yeah. Um, you don't be ashamed to be Matt Moore today. Matt Moore's had a great game. Clearly, we're Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, so I will have you know a critical error at the very end of the show. I'll curse on the radio, um, and it'll ruin the whole show for being excellent. But, you know, it's it's fine. I might actually rather be Spagnuolo today. Because whenever you whenever you mention, like, Damian Wilson, right? And, and, by the way, 
Charvarius Ward consistently Aus- getting better. Every Aus- week he's getting better. Outstanding. And and I mean I've been saying for God knows how long he's been good at the hard part of being a, a cornerback in the NFL. The thing where you actually get your head around and play the ball has been his downfall, and he's gotten better at that. The the play down the sideline where he knocked the ball away that would have been like a 20, 25-yard yeah. gain. Amazing. He was one-on-one. Yep. Tyron Matthew was in front of the play. He wasn't going to get there, and it was pointed out during the broadcast they could not afford to have Tyron Matthew playing deep and helping out. He had to play up and yep. then come back to help out. Great so play. Ward was on his own. On an island. Had to do it on his own. And he got it done. He got it done a couple of times tonight. And you look at should have had a pick too, by the way. You look at him. You look at you look at Wilson. You look at Reggie Ragland. You look at all those guys and say, "Oh wow, Anthony Hitchens." Say, oh, these guys all seem like they got better this year. Mm-hmm. Coaching friends, that's coaching. So uh, it it's it's something that I think where Spagnuolo deserves a, a certain amount of extra credit here. Let's go out to Arrowhead though and hear from the head coach Andy Reid following the Chiefs' loss to the Packers in primetime. He hurt his ankle, sort of Larry. Um, Raylan came back in after he was hurt. He um, hurt his sternum area there, but he, he was able to work through it. Um, listen, all in all, I'm, I'm proud of our guys for, the, for their effort. Um, we played hard and aggressive. Um, you know, when two good teams play each other, sometimes a turnover here or there can, can affect you. Uh, and and that, that's a little bit of what happened tonight, but we can all do better. Started with me and, and all my guys, coaches and players, and um, you know we, each one of us can uh, up our game another notch and um, and then win a game like that. You know our fans were phenomenal and um, you know they had some competition tonight. And they they did a great job with that supporting us and and um, sometimes these games they come down uh, to inches here, so you got to figure out a way to take care of that and. We'll go back and evaluate it and then get ourselves ready for a good Minnesota football team. So that time's yours. Andy, how hard was it, to make the, was it to make the decision to punt there in the waiting minutes? And take us through what goes into that decision. Yeah, so, well, some, I mean, some of it's feel. Some of it's, uh, you know, momentum and all those things that you, you look at. Um, uh, you know, it was a phenomenal punt. We backed them up. Uh, our defense had been playing well throughout the night. Um, and I, I have confidence in them. So um, that we get the ball back and a good field position. And listen, it didn't work out. But, um, I, I, you know, you can be questioned either way with it. So I, I chose to do what I did there and thought it was the right thing to do at that time. And um, it didn't necessarily pay off uh, the way that I was hoping. <clears throat> Yeah, so I thought Matt did some good things. You know, he hadn't played a lot of football here in the last couple of years. So uh, for him to come out and do what he did tonight, I, I thought that's respectable. And, um, you know, he battled and made some plays for us. Um, you know, he'll go back and look at it and get a couple he wanted back. But, heck, he did, he did a pretty respectable job there. So. Did you learn anything about his game that maybe helped you if he needs to play for you? Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, I hadn't been through a game with him, not even a preseason game. So uh, other than watching him on tape and trying to go back and look at all of his games. Uh, but I, uh, he's a sharp guy and, um, you know, he's tough. So he, he's going to battle you. Coach, that's, you get the whole thing for him there. I mean, there was a 
Yeah. A lot of different things. He was ready for the whole challenge. Yeah, he was ready. He spent a lot of time at it. Um, we didn't hold a lot back, no. Um, and you can't against a team like this, right? So they're they're explosive, and and uh, so. But he stepped his game up. He wanted everything. He attacked it during the week. Studied, and you know, like I said, he did a respectful job there. Coach, just speak about the play of Damian Wilson. Uh, he seemed like to be the spark off the field, uh, just for the defense. Yeah, I thought it. Um, which which was, Damian? Yes. Yes. So um, I thought he did a nice. He played physical football, and. Um, uh, you said Wilson, right? Wilson. Yes. Okay. Good. So I thought he played physical football, and um, he seemed to always be around the ball. And when he, uh, you know, when he made contact, it was pretty hefty contact there. So he, he laid it out. So played hard. And even your first time around with Lashawn, did he have a problem putting the ball in the ground? <laughs> you know, he, he's he's not a fumbler. I mean, that's not been his deal. He wasn't that in college. It wasn't that. In the NFL, so he's had a couple now, and he'll work on it. He's a he's a pro, so he's been doing it a long time. He'll figure it out and got to take care of it. Yeah. So listen, I yeah. So you, you know, you want to say you overcome those things, right? I mean, that's where we can all take our game up a, a notch. But um, unfortunately, in this thing, turnovers. You know, miss field goal, those kind of things add up on you, and, and you can't do those uh, against good football teams. I mean, you know, they come back and get you a little bit. So it's all part of the game. Uh, we can all do better, to, so we make up the difference. We had opportunities to make up the difference. We didn't didn't take care of it. You know, so. Coach, it's two weeks in a row the defensive front has gotten after your opposing quarterback, and even with Frank being out, your 12 quarterback hits, five sacks. It's just a matter of it kind of clicking for the guys. Yeah, listen, I, I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, they're playing a lot of snaps. There's not a lot of them. Okafor went out, and uh, now there's even less. And so um, those guys, they battled, and um, they played good, aggressive football. And, um, you know, that was without Chris also. So, I mean, you, you know, you, you, all of a sudden the numbers start going down a little bit, and we got to get the numbers back up, uh, get guys healthy back in there. We never use that as an excuse, but... You know, as you get get your numbers up, you can keep your rotation going. And, and fourth quarter, that helps you out. And uh, so we need to get that done. Andy, do you just tip your hat to Aaron Rodgers for a couple of those throws? Yeah, listen, I mean, he's a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and he made a couple Hall of Fame throws there. And his guys, you know, they I, I don't know how the ball got in there. A couple of those, uh, our hands were right there, and um, some of the gun got him in there. So. He did, a, he did a nice job. Coach, as the season's gone on, Colin Saunders has seen more and more playing time due to some of the depth issues on the defensive line and the injuries right now. He got his first sack tonight. How do you think he's starting to come into his own? Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a good athlete, and um, you can see that. You saw him run Aaron down and did a nice job of that. So um, he's coming on. He's still young, but he's coming on, and uh, that helps us. Uh, in the long run, that will help us. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm proud of him for the effort that he's given and how he's working. So. All right. That's Andy Reid live from Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810. Uh, Andy Reid's press conference following the game is brought to you by 360 Vodka. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for your next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. 
Also brought to you by Casey Grilling Company, located in Olathe at 159th and Marlin. Your one-stop shop. Every week, I get close to stumbling on that one. Your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out Casey Grilling Company or go to kcgrilling.com. The logic for the punt is really bad. It's really bad logic. I think Andy Reid is one of the three best coaches in football. I've got an argument for him being one of the three best coaches of this millennium of football, and uh, that's bad logic. To say some of it's feel, some of it's momentum, all those things you look at, it was a phenomenal punt. We backed him up. What he says there is uh, two things that it's not. It's not feel and momentum. There's a statistical logic to this. And also, saying we backed him up, it was a great punt, is something you only know after you made the decision. That's poor logic from a great coach. It's all really complicated. We'll go to Matt Moore here in just a second. So, Brad, I'll probably cut you off very soon. That's okay. Andy Reid also said we had confidence we'd get the ball back. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Here's Matt Moore, live from Arrowhead. Sorry, Brad. Uh, There was a little bit, I think. You know, it's natural. A little bit. But, uh, you know, got out there and got it going, and it all went away, and we were playing playing football. But, uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. But, like I said, I think that's a pretty natural feeling. That seemed like the... Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it bothers me. Uh, I wish we can come out the gate, or I could come out the gate rolling. Um, but like I said, we we, we got it going, and uh, you know, I, I need to work on uh, starting a little quicker. Did you feel like there was a lot of rust tonight, or do you feel like you've, you've gotten rid of most of that? Um, I didn't feel rust. I mean, in a game, I think there's going to be a lot of things to correct. You know, uh, footwork, ball location, throws. I mean. I'll, I think all that stuff's going to come up. I don't know if that's rust. I think that's just, you know, that's going to happen with any player in any game. So um, I felt I felt good. When you go through the video, you feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to see that's going to say, I wish I'd done this better. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, when we, once we got in the flow of the game, um, we kind of were rolling there for a little bit. Um, there's, there's always going to be something. And in every game, it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. Um, that stands true, I think, with everybody. So... Uh, we'll look at it and fix what we need to fix and move forward. Matt, the touchdown to Kelsey, please kind of walk us through what you saw on that play and kind of Kelsey's reaction. Kind of coming yeah. Um, I mean, he made a great play. Uh, was obviously drawn up for Kels, and uh, I had to get rid of it a little sooner than I than we anticipated and how we you know, worked on it all week and stuff. So uh, for him to track it the way he did is amazing. Um, I mean, it was a great play on his part coming across and getting open and then tracking the ball. I mean, that's that's not easy to do. So uh, I, I, I knew he was I knew there was space out there and he was I just had to figure out a way to get it to him. And uh, like I said, got it up early and he and he did the rest, reacted and tracked it down and scored. So it was good. Is that one of those plays when you call it, you see where they are, you're pretty sure it's going to be open up? Well, you hope. I don't I don't know if you you never know, um, but you hope. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we've got some pretty good guys. So you, in my mind, I'm going to take our guys over anybody any day. So you have that thought, which gives you a lot of confidence. But, uh, yeah, obviously we got a good look because, like I said, there was a lot of space where, where he ended up. So he was open and, uh, you know, again, tracked the ball down and made a play. So it was good. Touchdown pass to Hardman. You ever thrown a shoulder? <laughs> those, are, those are nice. Uh, no, gosh. And then just, you know, again, letting guys uh, do their thing. Uh, what a great play by him. Speed. Guys on the outside blocking. I mean, that whole thing came together real nice. So everyone was involved there. 
Um, and it was a big play. We needed it at that time. Part of you uh, wanted to stay on the field at the uh, connect on the third and three, I guess. At the end? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it, it, games, sometimes they go like that. I mean, obviously, yeah, you want to convert and stay on there. And um, especially with how the game was going, uh, I think we all knew that was a crucial situation. And, and uh, we came up short. So uh, obviously, that's something we'll look at. But um, yeah, we, we, we needed that one to stay on the field there for sure. A couple more guys. Pat popped up from time to time on the sideline um, and had great stuff. You know, we were looking at pictures and he had great stuff. Um, it was, uh, we, we worked through everything there. He, anything that came to his mind, I told him, don't hold anything back. You know what I mean? You be you. And, uh, and he came to me with some stuff and was excellent all night. Matt, a little bit of different situation in the past Heck no. I mean, always learning, especially from a guy like that. Um, I think one of his best traits is his vision, so he's going to see things that a lot of guys don't. And so anything that I can get from somebody like that, I'm going to I'm gonna take it and try and use it the best I can. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since since Wednesday. What was the week like for you? When did you really know you were going to be starting? What, what, just take us through the week and what the whole process I mean, it was uh, – I mean, I've been in these situations before where you don't know, you don't know, and you just go to work. You, you, you know, you get your reps. If it's your turn to take a rep, you, you go. And, you know, meetings were the same. You study, you, you talk in the meeting rooms, and uh, it really wasn't that much different. Obviously, I got more reps this week. Um, and in my mind, I was preparing to play, and that's how I, that's how I worked through the week. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's Matt Moore live from Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810. Uh, that press conference is brought to you by Good Sense. Usually, it's Patrick Mahomes brought to you by Good Sense, but today it's Matt Moore. Good Sense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They know to be truly good at something takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes and these last couple of weeks, Matt Moore as a part of their team as Good Sense bringing you the quarterback press conference here on Sports Radio 810. We'll start taking some calls. The board is full, so if you've been trying to get in recently, you can't. It's busy. I'm sorry. We'll turn over this board of calls whenever we come back here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Hey, it's Mitch Holtis. Don't miss the Chiefs Kingdom Monday Night Live at Hy-Vee Market Grill. The Hy-Vee Market Grill is the best place to enjoy the game with daily specials. And Hy-Vee has everything you need for your watch parties and tailgates. From meat for the grill to chips, dips, drinks, and even a full selection of Chiefs gear. Come check it all out with the Chiefs Kingdom, Monday night at 6 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Monday night at 6, the Chiefs Kingdom will be at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Olathe off 119th Street. A new Aesthetics and Optimal Wellness is opening their man cave for a special event for guys only on November 20th. They'll have beer, whiskey, snacks, and discounts on all of their treatments for men, including man sculpting, cool sculpting and cool tone, manscaping, laser hair removal, man skyscraping, pee shot, shockwave, and testosterone therapy. And do not forget Brotox with Botox. Plus, you can sign up to win prizes, including a Tyron Matthew autographed football. A new aesthetics and optimal wellness off of I-29 and Tiffany Springs. 
your home for everything football. Sports Radio 810 WHB. The bench is empty. Victory formation. Clemson 20 unanswered by the New Orleans Saints. Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, the NFL playoffs, and the Super Bowl. And Sports Radio 810 is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's gone to the back of the end zone. Touchdown! All the Chiefs right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, not for sale to minors. Website restricted to adults 21 and over. Let's be real. Most smokers aren't looking for some overcomplicated vaping machine. That's why we created MyBlue. MyBlue is simple. Our pre-filled liquid pods mean there's no mess. One charge and MyBlue lasts all day. And with our range of flavors and nicotine options, you have a choice. MyBlue answers on what matters for smokers. Real nicotine satisfaction. And right now, try MyBlue for $1 at select retailers or MyBlue.com. Big O Tires is big on service with the guaranteed lowest prices. For the store nearest you, visit BigOtires.com. All Big O Tires stores are open seven days a week. Big O Tires, turn that big no into a big oh yes. Hello, Kansas City. Good Sense was founded 30 years ago right here in KC, and we couldn't be more proud of our hometown. We know to be truly good at something takes hard work, which is why at Good Sense, we slice our meats and cheeses fresh by hand. We work hard every day to serve you a quality product. And here's a little message from a good friend of ours. I'm very excited to be working with a Kansas City classic like Good Sense, where good food makes good sense. Kansas City's hometown sports station. Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we're kicking off football season with a big announcement. 360 Vodka is now the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Two of my favorites have united in the ultimate hometown partnership, so be on the lookout for a limited edition 360 Vodka Chiefs commemorative bottle, available only throughout Chiefs Kingdom. You'll definitely want to grab one or two for your next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is Kansas City's hometown vodka and the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Your game day cocktails are covered with 360 Vodka. Every day is game day. Grab some pigskin and play the Missouri Lottery's new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers ticket. Celebrate 60 years of Chiefs football with two collectible tickets and the chance to win up to $600 in cash instantly. That's up to $600 in cash. Every ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Visit your favorite retailer today and play responsibly. Chiefs run a flip pass right to left for 30 yards to McCall Hardman. The Chiefs can tie the game with a PAT. That right there, that McCall Hardman touchdown. It was a pass technically. That is our Tullamore Dew Tully touchdown of the game. We raise a toast to McCall Hardman on his fourth touchdown of the season. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments in fandom. Please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. By the way, listening to that Mitch call there, when I was taking my notes during the game, when that play happened, I, I was trying to write down, describe the play, and I was like, well, it wasn't a jet sweep, and it wasn't a shovel pass, so I wrote down flip pass. 
It's like you kind of tossed it up in the air like a like a short jump ball kind of thing. And Mitch just said that it's a flip pass. So I'm, you glad, guys I, I'm glad I was right. On the exact same page. I, I had not seen those before, and then I saw it twice in the game. That's Brad Porter. I'm Joshua Briscoe here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show. We're going to take some calls here in just one second. You said you had a Twitter exchange that you I, wanted it to. It just hit to. me as funny because um, the station had tweeted out listen to uh, JB Briscoe and Brad Porter talk about uh, the Chiefs' loss and couldn't quite do it in prime time. And I, I don't want to throw a guy under the bus, but somebody tweeted back. And when was the last time the Chiefs won in prime time? To which, coming to our defense, was the Tater Man, Ted Adams. I don't know who that is, but the Tater Man, I like his handle. He said, uh, 10 days ago? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tater Man. I saw that first guy's tweet, and I didn't even think about, yeah, 10, 10 days ago, huh? Yeah, so Ted, or the Tater Man, appreciate it. Good that tweet. Was, made me laugh. <laughs> Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you want to get in on the conversation, Gary was up first. What's up, Gary? Well, guys, after attending the game in Denver last week, I made the trip out there. I was glad I did, but I told the people sitting around me, "They're oh, you guys look good tonight." I said, "Well, I said they still got to play against Green Bay next week, and Green Bay didn't disappoint. Yeah, the Chiefs played a good first half. They they hung around. They showed some good fight. Rah rah." But you know what? In the second half, the Packers adjusted. They figured out, hey, we can beat these guys with the backs. And they did it in the first half, actually, too. And the big dumb coach in the red hat, he's too stupid to get out of his own way. You talk about him being one of the great coaches of the millennium. How many coaches would make the decisions he does? Because we're not going to win a Super Bowl with this guy. How do you feel you about how the are... offense went over the course of the day, Gary? Honest question. Honest question. Well... I say they failed because when they needed that fourth and three or third and three, he didn't deliver. Kelsey should have had that football. He did not. And so, so Travis Kelsey, some something in there you're saying is Andy Reid's fault. That's why he's the big dumb coach in the red hat. Well, the big dumb coach in the red hat on fourth and three decided to punt away because he was stupid enough to think his defense could get the ball back. I thought that was a poor decision, also. And you think that that so because because of that decision, the rest of the game just disappears. It's just it's just vapor. One play was a turning point in this game, guys. I don't care about the four quarters. You got to play all four quarters, guys. Yeah, we were rah rah, you know, system by. You know, guys, we're in this to win a championship. This team is not going to win a championship. They're not going to have to, Gary. Matt Moore's the quarterback right now. This isn't. This isn't the team. Even when Mahomes is back, they're not going to win. Okay, they will get tripped up because of him. You talk about him being one of the best coaches of this millennium. Yes. I, I could name four right now that I put ahead of him. Go. Tom Coughlin, Keith Carroll, oh Mike my Tomlin, God. Bill Belichick. Gary, Jesus, Tom Coughlin was your first one? Uh, how many titles has he won in the millennium? Two, with Eli Manning. What are we doing? And, and what division was he in? What division was he in the NFC East? Against? Andy Reid also coached in that division, yes. If if you listen, man. I mean, I know you're playing results. Like clearly, that's because you're saying what what happens at the end. That's the only thing that matters. I just think that's a really really small way to evaluate what happens over the course of a game. Uh, listen, you've been you've been on hold the whole show, and I appreciate that. You've also heard me say many times over that the last five minutes was really poor coaching for a variety of reasons. From Andy Reid, last five and a half minutes or whatever were absolutely miserable. And I don't know how many other coaches in the sport 
have that game even close by that like by that point. Is this game any better if it's if it's thirty one to ten and there are no decisions to make in the late fourth quarter? I, I just I think that you're going for these extreme rulings. Say it's a hundred percent this or a hundred percent that. He's he's a he's the big dumb coach in the red hat is so is so reductionist, Gary. Twenty one years in and he still says he's going to fix it. Twenty one years in he hasn't figured it out, guys. Does that sound like somebody that's smart? I what I watched Please. today. Did you did you see did you see a couple of those drives back to back where Matt Moore was going blow for blow with Aaron Rodgers? Did that seem like a coach who was smart? Hey, the sun shines on a dog's rear end every now and then, guys. Every I now mean, and then. Every now and then. Okay, very good. Guys, I would say every now and then was the last five minutes, which again were total mistakes. The, the last. I don't know why you. I don't know why you have to expand the thing that was absolutely poor and then and then make it to where that is you 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 expand it so much that it, it sounds legitimately ridiculous i think that's wild okay you want to put it into a bubble matt moore had one good quarter he played the second quarter really well what did he do in the other three i believe he was he threw for negative 1 yard in the first quarter if i'm not mistaken the third quarter he didn't see the ball a lot and same thing in the fourth quarter he didn't see the ball a lot so you know, he had one good quarter, guys, and he had a chance to take the team down and tie it up. And, and he's Matt, yeah, he's Matt Moore. Like one of the one of their late drives that should have been a drive was one play because Lashawn McCoy coughed it up, and then all that. Then they're down a touchdown. That other drive they have, they do go down and get a touchdown, tie it up twenty four twenty four. The Packers immediately go out there again, score a sixty seven yard touchdown on the second play of their drive, and then you were at the last drive. That game went by really fast. That second half went by really fast. I don't know. I don't know what you want to do there in terms of saying, "Oh, he he had chances." What chances did he have in that second half that you're you're not happy with? The third and three, he was in a hurry to get rid of the football. Sure, because he felt the pressure coming. Because you know he's he's not even a backup. He's a journeyman. Sure. Also he's the true guy that you play in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Gary, I'll agree with you on this. If Matt Moore is playing quarterback for the Chiefs in the playoffs, they're bleeped. I got you that far. I'll go if there with defense you. defense is on the skies, I'll make a milkshake bet with you. This team this team will go to Miami in 2020. It'll just be in the regular season next year because they're supposed to go there. So they will be going to Miami in 2020. So we, we've got that figured out. But it'll just be a different month in February. Gary, this I appreciate you sticking around. We've we've got to get to other calls. If you want to call back in later, we'll go a second around. round. Nope, oh, never mind. All right, bye, Gary. I didn't do that. I appreciate Gary calling in and being wrong about things. I like that. I think that's fun. Well, Thank you, Gary. You know what? I didn't think Matt Moore got the happy feet that Gary's inferring. A couple of times he got he had, a, he had one freaking drive, man. He had two healthy offensive linemen in the second half. But I, I didn't see the happy feet that Gary's talking, feeling the pressure. Yeah, he felt the pressure. Guess what? The touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, he had all kinds of pressure in his face. And he had the presence of mind to step back, throw it off the back foot, and throw it high enough for Kelsey to be able to adjust his route, get under it, and go in for the touchdown. That's what he did with the pressure. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Calm, what's up, man? Uh, Brad. Brad and Josh, yeah, sure. You go to Brad first, but what's, what's Brad got? Yeah, I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, do you think the Chiefs are really happy now that they got rid of that Carlos Hyde after the way LaShawn McCoy's performed against Indianapolis and tonight with the two crucial fumbles in the game? You know, I guess if you want to go back and look at that, that, that Andy Reid was more comfortable with LaShawn McCoy. I have not been 
comfortable with the way he carries it like a loaf of bread. Right. He's played well for the Chiefs this year, but that's been danger zone since game one because he does it all the time. And he's had a long history of carrying it like that. And uh, I just think that down deep, I think they regret now that they got rid of Carlos Hyde. And to me personally, I told a friend of mine, and I'm not Mr. Expert, but I said I think they're going to regret getting rid of this Carlos Hyde because you could tell how uh, serious it was. They snatched up that LaShawn McCoy the minute he was available. Well, and Carlos Hyde, it's you know every team does things differently. If you go back and look at his preseason numbers, Carlos Hyde was not getting anything done, and I believe he had a fumble in the preseason as well. He goes to Houston. He's in a different system uh, that sets up a little bit differently, and he has success there. So if you go back and look, look, the Chiefs had enough time during the preseason to evaluate what they thought they were going to get from Carlos Hyde in their system. He was not performing. He put the ball on the ground. They made a decision to go with Sean McCoy tonight. It cost him. Well, I think they went with that Darwin Williams more than they went with that Carlos Hyde. I think he was the guy that they said beat him out of a job. But I'll tell you what, I don't care if the guy fumbled or not. I would have kept him because he's kind of a powerful runner, you know. Well, he's kind of the same runner as Damian Williams if you watched him tonight. He's a pretty powerful guy. By the way, Dar- at, by the way, compliment that- for Darwin Thompson. On that little underneath route going light, uh, right to left to catch Sammy Watkins, in which I think he picked up about 10, 12 yards, Darwin Thompson came back and laid out a pursuit player from Green Bay. Just absolutely drilled him. Now, Darwin Thompson had problems with that catch when Matt Moore hung him on a clothesline to dry, and he got lit up and lost a couple of yards. But, look, Carlos Hyde, Darwin Thompson, if you want to go back and relitigate that, I'm fine, but I'm really not sure that makes the difference between four and you know, between the three home losses and not three home losses? Well, I think that Daryl Williams should be playing a lot more, too. I think he's a powerful guy, too. I just think overall, I think they're not, I think they're surprised about that LaShawn McCoy, just about the way he's performed and uh, carrying the ball the way he does and, and fumbling two crucial games, Indian tonight. And uh, I think it's coming back to, to haunt them. Thanks for the call, 913-3810-810. LaShawn McCoy's been pretty consistent over the course of his career. He's averaged, you know, something like two-point-something fumbles a year over the course of his career. He's had two really bad, really important ones here. I would put him in the category of everyone else tonight who had uh, good moments and bad moments. It covers a lot of ground. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Kevin. What's up, Kevin? Hey, uh, so, okay, I got to agree with uh, the guy who you just talked to. Shady McCoy has cost us two games now. I think we need to cut him. Um, he shouldn't be on the team anymore. Uh, that's one point. Number two, my other point, I think Packers fans are worse than Patriots fans. Imagine being such a conceited fan base with 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play and jack squat to show for it and being that cocky. They were miserable. I could not stand Packers fans. I'd rather be in a room with 30 Patriots fans than two Packers fans. Did you hang out with any of those fans, Josh? I don't know if I have any friends who are Packers fans. I don't have any well, mortal enemies smart. that are Packers fans. So it's I'm... Well, I don't have any friends who are Packers fans either, but they were all over the upper deck. I call it Raytona Beach. They were all over the place up there. They were doing their Go Pack Go chant and acting like they were so superior to us Chiefs fans. They were miserable to be around, Josh. Uh, just absolutely terrible. I'd, I'd hang out with Patriots fans over Packers fans any day. 
I appreciate the insight. None of us were there. We were all locked in here. There are no, there are no Packers fans in the building. So uh, now we've got the on-field report. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah, now you've got the on-field report. Also, we need to cut Shady McCoy. He's cost us two games. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Damian Williams is way better. Daryl Williams is way better. I'm ready to part ways with Shady. Appreciate the call, Kevin. Um, I will say that into this game, Sean McCoy was averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Damian Williams was averaging 1.7. Tonight, uh, Sean McCoy, was, they were even tonight, 4.4 and 4.3. Daryl Williams had two carries for 10 yards. I mean, you can do what you want with that, but LaShawn McCoy has been uh, unquestionably the best running back on this team this year with two huge, crucial mistakes. Again, that's all true all at once. And Carlos Hyde is a different type of runner. Yeah, and, Carlos and, Hyde didn't have a place pre, in the pre, I disagreed with that call. And in, tra- in training camp and the preseason, if you want to make an argument for another running back, fine. But Carlos Hyde, throughout the course of the preseason and all the way back to training camp, it was clear that he was not going to fit with the Andy Reid system. Let's go to Butch. What's up, Butch? How you feeling? Uh, gentlemen, I'm doing pretty good. You know what? I usually open this thing up by saying, uh, how about those Chiefs? I kind of want to do it right now on the loss. I won't do that. I- I've heard so much nonsense on here, JB. I don't know how you don't hang up on these guys. <laughs> you have too much patience thus far. That's, that's you fair. You know what? I, you, exactly. You know, I, I, what should I do first? Should I address them or should I just talk about the game? No, just talk. I, I, would, I would say, I would say take, take your direction on this one. Okay, I'm going to take my direction on this one. I'm going to give you one positive from the offense, one positive from the defense, and I'll let you guys discuss from here. First of all, on the offense, listen, like you said, you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of both and just cut me off when you have to. Okay. So, next person talks about cutting uh, Shane McCoy. Hang up on him. Because <laughs> if you don't have LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy has two fumbles lost this year. Yes. And his career high at any time he's been running the football, has been three. He had 300 touches in 2014. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked at this. What are people talking about? Sean McCoy is by and far your most talented running back. So let's cut him in a situation where we really need, like, no turnovers and to stop the best quarterback in the league, possibly outside of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. He fumbles once and let's cut him? What are these people talking about, J.B.? What, what game were they looking at? We almost had this game. Back before, and the Packers went in the halftime thinking to themselves, we're going to lose this game if we don't do something like super crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm with what? you on this. So I'm, I'm out of the way because I'm going to let you do your second point also. I, I, I'm going to say my second point. I'm going to get off the light. I, I, I just don't get it. I'm so upset by Chiefs fans. I love them to death. Listen, here's the thing. You went up against a great team that's probably going to be representing the NFC and the NFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl this year. You played well enough to have Matt Moore considered in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers without Patrick Mahomes. People are going to be on Twitter talking about how Mahomes is a system quarterback. That's all right, too. But you know what the best part about this was? The best part about this was the guys that went out there without their best players knew that they were coached well enough to compete with this team. Aaron Rodgers did two things. He threw to Aaron Jones, who was able to outrun your defense because you simply weren't fast enough to guard him. That's going to be a problem going into the future. I understand that because the thing that we're talking about with the defense isn't a matter of scheme, which Steve Spagnuolo did well. It's a matter of talent. And you don't have the speed right now to match something like that. Yeah, uh, I'll mention this as well. You said that Alan Lazard, you mentioned the Alan Lazard scream. Yeah. Uh, what you were talking about, JP, is the concept that's played in college football where they were running the three men trips to the right or to the left. 
and Aaron Rodgers is counting the box or counting who's out wide before he throws the ball. If he sees two out wide, he's going to hand it off to Aaron Jones up the middle. That's how they get you going up and down, how they get you going vertical. If they can't get you going vertical, they're going to go horizontal. He threw the screen a couple of times when he counted light boxes and got it out of Alan Lazar, and that was the screen you're talking about. It was beautiful play calling, and they came within three or four plays of really beating that team. Mm -hmm. The Packers were sweating in that game. If you win next week against Minnesota, you don't start Patrick Mahomes against Tennessee, and you have a chance, gentlemen, not just to win, not just to beat the Vikings, not just to beat the, the Titans. You have a chance to beat the Raiders, and when you get Chris Jones back, a couple other guys back, I'm convinced after this game, in a loss, we are the best team in the AFC. Go ahead and discuss that. But you're always you're always the, the palate cleanser this show needs. Appreciate the call. Yeah, man. I'm mean, like, here's the thing. If you could go at this a number of directions, one is that if you if you look at the the guys this team is supposed to get back, the way this defense is performing. Now, listen, I think there is a negative way of looking at like, oh, that pass rush has been pretty good without Frank Clark and Chris Jones. I wonder if they should have paid Frank Clark. I wonder if they should play Chris Jones. And I wonder if Spags is going to figure this out with Emmanuel Ogba, Tano Passano, Derek Naughty, and Colin Saunders. And maybe the hmm, I don't know. You can go that direction. I was having that conversation a lot this offseason, actually, about paying pass rushes versus paying your defensive backs. Um, the other way you can look at it is there's a bunch more talent coming to this team very soon, and I think that actually should be encouraging. You're going to get your MVP quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your starting defensive end. You're going to get your starting defensive tackle. You're going to get your starting left tackle. You're going to get your starting left guard. And depending on, I don't know what the injury, how severe it is to LDT, uh, but we'll see how that shakes up. But you're going to, yeah, you're going to get a lot of talented people back and... You're going to get Kendall Fuller back. Yep, at some point. Even as Rashad Fenton's paid, been excellent. Yes, he has. Absolutely. I know that because I haven't seen him for <laughs> for two straight games. Uh, it's it's wild. Uh, let's get one more call here before we need to take a break. Here, let's go to Drew. What's up, Drew? Yep. How you feeling? Uh, pretty well. Um, Matt Moore out like matched Aaron Rodgers, which is unbelievable for a third string quarterback. Uh, our defense has played phenomenally the last two weeks. I think Steve Spagnolo has done a tremendous job in dialing up the pressure. Mm-hmm. I think missing Chris Jones and um, Frank Clark this week and last week, uh, halfway through the game, he's dialed up the pressure a lot. I feel like our defense have been blitzing a lot more, and I feel like we've been dialing up the pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I feel like this team has a lot of optimism looking forward into next week and the Vikings because I feel like we have played so much better on defense in the first five weeks of this season. And looking forward to getting Patrick Mahomes back and getting two starting linemen back on the left side. I, what, what's not look, like looking forward as a Chiefs fan, what can you not be excited about? Okay, we might drop one against uh, Vikings in an FC team, but looking again, we got the Chargers coming up before our bye week. We have a bye week and then going into New England, we should be very excited as an AFC team looking forward going into the playoffs and the rest of the season. Drew, I appreciate the call. I think you're right, man. Uh, I, I think that there are a lot of things you should be excited about at this point. Well, also, like if you're nervous about you know getting a first-round bye in the playoffs, I also think that's relatively reasonable, and all of that 
can be reasonable all at once. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. You can play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs scratchers ticket from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly with the Missouri Lottery. We'll take a break. Whenever we come back, we'll hear some audio from the locker room and continue taking your calls. I also want to talk about the defense a little bit. I think Steve Spagnuolo had a couple of moments in this game that are worth looking into a little bit more. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Brad Porter here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Boulevard Brewing Company is Kansas City's beer. Just because your friends like to watch the same game doesn't mean they want to drink the same beer. Boulevard Brewing Company can help you develop the best game day party playbook in town. From their legendary pale ale to their easy to drink unfiltered wheat. They're ready to help you serve your crew something worth cheering about. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat and Boulevard Pale Ale. Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City, Missouri. Chiefs fans, Bud Light is giving you a chance to win a Kansas City Chiefs flyaway experience for you and a guest to the Patriots game on December 8th. For your chance to win two tickets to the game, round-trip airfare, and hotel accommodations, look for the Bud Light Chiefs sweepstakes display wherever Bud Light is sold, including your local Kansas City area quick trip location in Johnny's Tavern. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. New purchase necessary with Kansas Missouri residents. 21 plus the official rules of Bud Light. Upload at epress.com slash KCD game at 2019. Prohibited and show responsible 2019. Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. It's that time of year again when we all gear up to watch great games on the gridiron. Hard to believe, but it's tailgating season. And what better way to tailgate than with the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate on the next-generation 2019 KC4 Edition GMC Sierra. The multi-pro tailgate does it all and has an available kicker audio system right in the tailgate to listen to our favorite team. The next-generation KC4 Edition Sierra is exclusively sold at the following GMC dealerships. Cable Dahmer and Conklin Fangman of Kansas City, Dave Cross in Lee Summit, Robert Brogdon in Olathe, Cable Dahmer of Independence, Henry Martins in Leavenworth, and Jim Rasick in Clinton. If you're a professional-grade fan, trade up to the professional-grade KC4 Edition GMC Sierra today. Non-GM warranty, limited warranty by kicker. Three years, 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. For more information, contact your dealer. Get fast in-home Wi-Fi that you can control with Xfinity XFi. See who's online, pause your Wi-Fi, or even set a curfew for the kids. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, enjoy great coverage throughout your home and on the go. Even manage your in-home Wi-Fi network from anywhere when you download the Xfinity XFi app. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. It's the Community America Credit Union Chiefs Red Friday Rally this Friday at their South Plaza location. They'll be giving away NFL-approved swag bags. Get a swag bag with a silver ticket in it, and you win two tickets to the Chiefs-Vikings game. Chiefs Ambassador Keith Cash will be there for autographs, and of course, Casey Wolf. They'll also be serving up Cowtown Donuts. It's the Community America Credit Union Chiefs Red Friday Rally this Friday at their South Plaza location. We'll see you there. Kevin Harlan here from Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner and I will be in Pittsburgh as the Steelers host the Miami Dolphins. Pittsburgh coming off their bye week, having won two of their last three and expecting the return of quarterback Mason Rudolph. Join us and hear the NFL all season long. 
from Westwood One. Monday Night Football is presented by the Sports Medicine and Performance Center at the University of Kansas Health System. City three. Rogers being chased, harassed, flings it for the end zone, and it is going to be caught in the back of the end zone by Geronimo Allison. No, it is caught by the running back. That is Jamal Williams in the back corner, the far corner of the end zone. I think Rogers might have been thrown it away. He just fired at sidearm in the back corner as he was being pressured. Naughty almost got him again, throwing as he went down, and Neiman could not make. The defensive play as the running back makes the catch for the go-ahead touchdown, Jamal Williams. That's not what you want to be the play of the game, but it is. Sorry. That's the play of the game sponsored by the Central Bank of the Midwest. Take a new look at what's possible with Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net. I... I don't know what to say about that. Like that, I don't, I don't think he was throwing it away. I think he is a god. Well, he was he was going backwards. Yes. Pressure in his face. Uh huh. Off his back foot and right. falling down from the hit. That's right. And I wasn't sure. I initially I thought he was throwing it away, but on, oh, the, too. on the replay I was like, well, maybe it was just a, a thought of if I put it in the corner, my guy will get it. If he doesn't, it'll sail out of bounds. And I tweeted out after it happened. I have all the respect in the world for Aaron Rodgers. That was peak Aaron Rodgers right there. And despite that respect, that play made me sick. Yep. Maybe yep. sick. And that's how Patrick Mahomes makes other people feel at this point. And that's the, the one thing that bumps uh, me up maybe the most okay. in this game is we didn't get that head-to-head. So we, you're talking about the, you know, so many things in this game went right, so many things went wrong. I, I, I don't think you can pick out one individual thing. It's a seven-point ball game. And who's to say what would happen on fourth down if they would have still tried to have gone for it. But a seven-point ball game, how many quarterbacks in the league make that play that turns into a seven-point differential that's going to beat you. How many quarterbacks? Someone someone actually tweeted that, and they said probably two or three, and I think it's Rodgers, Mahomes, and Matt Moore. Those three. <laughs> May- maybe Russell Wilson instead of Matt Moore. I was going to say, Moore. maybe Russell Wilson. I'm not sure about – I'm not sure, but yeah, I'll, I'll buy on Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if Deshaun uh, Watson makes that play. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, there are some outstanding quarterbacks, and those, those might be the four mm-hmm. guys you can even have that conversation about. I mean, that's not even—like, Drew Brees isn't, doesn't have that arm strength anymore. Like, he's an unbelievable quarterback. Tom Brady doesn't have that arm strength at this point in his career. To uh, or, or even, again, I mean, arm strength or even, like, the thought yeah. to do that. The hubris. Is, yeah. The hubris. I, I can do this. I can make this happen. It's unbelievable. Um, there are a couple of things with Steve Spagnuolo. We'll take some more calls here in a little bit. We've got a full phone board, so I, we'll, we'll crush some more of those here in a minute. There were a couple of moments— with Steve Spagnuolo's defense in this game, completely acknowledging that, again, the fatal flaw in this game for that defense was a pretty weirdly specific thing. It was linebackers against running backs and never solving that problem. For me, there were, there were, and there were a couple of individual moments that made me go, oh, this is different now. And this might seem like a low bar to clear. This might seem like relatively obvious praise and just simply good coaching but it stands out to me whenever the Packers were about to take the shot on the Hail Mary to end the first half we were all sitting here did like three seconds and Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable at Hail Marys they got to go way down the field but you never feel safe when Aaron Rodgers throwing the football as far as he can he's done it 
more than once. And I'm sitting there going, oh, God, please don't score here. Like, this would be so deflating. And then they snap the ball, and the Chiefs send like seven or eight guys. Probably, it was probably seven. I haven't gotten, gotten a chance to rewatch it yet. And like immediately, Aaron Rodgers just like slides down and takes the sack, and the half is over. And I had the thought of, oh, that's a great coaching decision. There's not, there's not a hot route there. There's not a blitz buster on a Hail Mary. The whole thought is you rush three, we let it develop, and we're going to see what happens when you throw the ball down there. And by blitzing everybody all at once, Spag says, no, no one, we're going to get there before anyone has even thought about you throwing the ball. I will say for the future, I bet teams throwing a Hail Mary against the Chiefs will have a sort of hot route, which means that's one fewer guy that could, could actually be in play for the Hail Mary in the end zone. And again, Maybe this is a low bar to clear, but it was simply the smart, forward-thinking, right coaching call that broke out of some traditional tropes of just like, put your tight end back there on the goal line and let's see what happens. Let's and, get weird. And the Chiefs have done that before. Absolutely. They, they put Travis Kelsey out there in a Hail Mary situation. And it was so refreshing for me to see the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs do something a little unconventional, forward-thinking, smart, and just simply the right thing to do there. Because we haven't seen that happen very often for a very long time from that position. No, because the gut instinct in the past or the traditional songbook that you would play is rush three, drop eight. Yep. And probably not even cover anybody directly. You yep. just space just him out throughout the field. But stand back. Yeah, there. bring it in. That, 13 yards later, he's on a, on his ass, and the half is over. And during the during the pregame and this whole week, whenever I've been talking about, what are they going to do for to Aaron Rodgers? I don't feel great about any of this. How are they going to slow down Aaron Rodgers, limit Aaron Rodgers? For a while in there, with the exception, and again, these exceptions are important. The exceptions to these conversations in just about any football game, the exceptions are oftentimes the, the reason that you lose a football game. If you say everything was great, except, except is very frequently why you lose. So with the exception of the thing that cost the Chiefs the most, which was the running back-linebacker matchups, which I would say, because they never adjusted to it, was a risk that he continued to, to take because it gave them opportunities elsewhere. That's my best guess, and I'm and he'll talk to the media in a few days at Arrowhead, and if someone else doesn't ask him, I will. Say, hey, you, were, have, you have the same problem over and over again. You saw it. What would have happened if you would have adjusted to that more strongly? And I think there would be lots of good answers about what, you know, just again, that was the risk they took, and the Packers took advantage of it all the time. The Chiefs missed opportunities in this game. The Packers didn't miss very many of them. But over the course of the game, with the variety of blitzes, sending Damian Wilson like three or four times, you're like, oh, Damian Wilson is inside Aaron Rodgers' face mask here. There, there were things that made me go, oh, yeah. Steve Spagnuolo is definitely good at this. And, and it built on the things we saw last week that I frankly didn't really expect it to build on. I didn't really expect this defense to look like the same defense we saw against Joe Flacco, just against a better quarterback, which is what it looked like. And I was, I was happy with that. One of the things we talked about in pregame that we brought up was, would they still use, and I brought it up, and, and I kind of thought maybe they wouldn't, but would they still use the corner blitz and the safety blitz mm -hmm. the way they've done the last couple of weeks and gotten better at it? So I was curious to watch, and so I was watching specifically for that. I watched a lot of line play tonight. I didn't mm -hmm. watch, unless the ball was in the air, I wasn't focused on the corners. Right. And so I was watching the line play. Tyron Matthew was up there a few times. Yes. And he was either going against a right tackle, mm -hmm. 
or he was going against that fullback they have, mm-hmm. who's fantastic, by the way. He's a good. I think the Chiefs and the Packers are the only two teams left that have fullbacks. But even though he was getting stood up by the fullback, he was getting enough pressure to get Aaron Rodgers moving out to his left and getting him off his spot. Now, Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn good at adjusting to that. Yep. But Tyron Matthew was in the right place where if, if there was one little breakdown, he would have been there. But he forced him into a, a couple of bad throws. I mean, there was the one play where Matthew was clearly being held in the backfield. Yes. Like, that should yes. have been a penalty. Yes. Um, and, and you you know, you mentioned looking at the, the line. We're talking about a defensive line. Okafor went out, and from that point forward, even with Alex Okafor there, this offensive line is not a bunch of stars. But then after he left... It was, a, it was a defensive line of Agba, Passanio, Saunders, Nadi. Yep. There's not a ton of experience there. Nope. And the most experienced guy in that group was traded for Eric Murray this offseason. Mm-hmm. That's not expensive. That is not experienced. You've got a second-round pick in Derek Nadi, a third-round pick in Colin Saunders, a dude who is not supposed to play yet because Avery Williams is on IOR, Chris Jones is hurt, like, Colin Saunders was not supposed to be at this point yet, and he's improved every week. That group was playing very well, and there were multiple times when they were made to look better because clearly Rodgers was scanning down the field and not finding anything that he liked. Right, Man, you can make all the jokes you want about Bashad Breland, but Breland, Ward, and Fenton— we're giving, like, again, we can't, in the broadcast angle, there's a lot of stuff you can't see. But whenever I can watch Aaron Rodgers for two, three, four, eight seconds right. in one instance, and he can't find a receiver to throw to, that's a damn good job from those corners and then from the help they're getting from uh, from Matthew and Thornhill and maybe in some cases Dan Sorensen. That's a really impressive performance from that unit that I can say that confidently with literally without being able to see them most of the time. That's the, 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 the clear effect it was having on Aaron Rodgers. Does Seth Kaiser listen to the show up in Minnesota? He did at some point last week because someone name-dropped him and he said he felt famous. I okay. don't know if he is well, now. Seth, if you're listening, first of all, it's way past your bedtime. That's true. He's got way, a thousand kids. He's, got He's a thousand asleep. kids. Way past your bedtime. you got a lot to do. But if you're so inclined to do... A video breakdown this week, which you always do anyway. You sure will. I would be curious to see the full breakdown on Colin Saunders because I think he did a pretty darn good job in run stop. I think he did a good job getting pressure up the middle. And a couple of times, you watch it, and Andy Reid pointed this out in the postgame press conference when Aaron Rodgers was running towards the sidelines because he was flushed. Colin Saunders was on him. He chased him down. I, I could not believe it. And I know all the stories. Colin Saunders does backflips. He's athletic. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. And I, I understand Running all that. back in high school, yeah, I know. But to see it in action, and he's <laughs> running down a Hall of Fame quarterback, like gaining on him. Yeah. And, and he's 300 pounds. Yeah. 320 pounds, whatever the, the total is right now. But just, I'll I, take I the think, over on 300. Yeah. I, I think he did a, a pretty sur- above serviceable level. Yeah, he's good. And I'd be curious if Seth would break down... Colin Saunders. He so. looked at him. He looked at him last week, and I. I think that. I mean, and he'll look at a bunch of different guys, and, and lots yeah. of people doing good film work. Will Seth, you know, being the sorry everyone else. Seth being the favorite of this particular show at the moment. Um, there's there's a lot from that defense. I think it's got to be really exciting to look back at. I'm. This is the most excited I've been to go back and rewatch a defensive yeah. performance from the Chiefs. No question. Not Obviously, e- no. Patrick Mahomes puts a damper on the offense. But. Yeah, Naughty was good, and Passanio flashed. Yes, in this game, he's. And he, you talk about you talk about Colin Saunders getting a little bit better each week. Tano Passanio came into this training camp with the possibility he was going to get whacked. Mm-hmm. He wanted, he might not have made this team, 
did enough. They they changed his position, got him back to where he's supposed to be. Thank goodness Steve Spagnuolo figured out this guy doesn't belong at linebacker. Yep. Okay, put him in the right spot. Flashed a few times tonight. I think he gets a little bit better each and every week, getting more comfortable back at his natural place. We've been talking about the defense a lot, and we eventually talk about where the Chiefs fell short because I understand if you're just tuning in saying, well, it sounds like they're talking about a victory, and we're not. But we are talking about what I believe to be a true look at where the defense can be, especially if the offense gives them a little more to work with, doesn't put them in a bad spot, like with the turnover from LaShawn McCoy. Um, and Tyron Matthews is always interesting and always gives a look into where the defense is at right now. So let's go ahead and go to Tyron Matthew right now, hear what he had to say about the defensive performance, the good and the bad following the game today. Played well, uh, you know, uh, pretty much played well throughout the whole game. Um, they made some plays, Evan Rodgers, uh, being Evan Rodgers. Um, we let 33 get loose a little bit, and probably, you know, more than we would like. But, um, yeah, we didn't get the job done. How much more do you feel like? It seemed like you guys were mixing more different sort of things and what the just covered. Yeah, I mean, I felt like we played, you know, uh, really well in the back end. Um, Pretty much until that last play, um, to, you know, I mean, he had 160 passing yards. So we felt like we played well in the back end. Guys up front did a good job, um, you know, getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to make his plays. Um, but we felt like we left some plays out there tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't get them back. So, uh, you know, just go to the film, uh, clean it up. Um, got another big, big game next week. So that's the NFL. The big plays they, they got that seemed to be a large chunk of their offense. Just how frustrating was that to have a decent performance, you know, go go to the wayside because of a couple of big plays? Yeah, they caught us slipping a couple of times. Um, uh, you know, found a mismatch. Um, and, you know, anytime you play a quarterback like that, um, you know, that's always possible, you know, each and every play. So, um, you know, like I said, we'll go back to the film. Um, but, you know, most importantly, I like our group. I like the guys we have. Um, you know, I think our secondary is playing amazing, um, you know, pressing guys, being physical. Like I said, today I thought the front did a good job as well, you know, making Aaron run around. Aaron, how sort of deflating is the one touchdown that Aaron Rodgers had uh, kind of in the back corner of the end zone? I feel like all 11 guys are kind of doing their job on that play and it still winds up being a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you know, as Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, uh, so he'll throw a couple balls up and, you know, it'll go his way, So, uh, like most, most good quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, definitely want that one back. You feel like you've seen that a lot just in practice? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, got, we got plenty of look. Um, you know, uh, probably one thing on that particular play, um, just push the guy out of bounds. Um, so uh, that will probably be the only thing. But I don't even think he was throwing it to him. I truly believe he was throwing it away. When you, at, when you look at what your offense did without Patrick today, how much energy does that give you? I mean, we, we, you know, coming into the game, we, you know, we understand we got a lot of talent in our, you know, in our locker room, and it um, doesn't necessarily matter who plays, um, uh, as long as somebody's playing. Uh, we feel like we got a chance, and um, you know, felt like the offense did, did some good things today. Um, like I said, I, you know, uh, felt like we could have got off the field a little sooner um, that last drive and um, get the ball back to offense, and hopefully, you know, put them in position to score some points. Um, yeah. Left a couple turnovers out there as well. I dropped one. Breezy dropped the pick. Um, so anytime you have those kind of, no matter how good you play, you play against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, you know, they'll get you. So, uh, you know, we just got to capitalize on the turnovers, uh, you know, play better, um, uh, and, and we'll be all right. 
Tyron Matthew out from Arrowhead in the uh, Chiefs locker room, which starts our locker room report here on Sports Radio 810, brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be a part of a winning team at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at smartsiding.com. Uh, I wouldn't call Tyron Matthew's non-interception a drop. That would have been a miraculous play. That would have been Bashad- Odell Beckham ass. It would have been. Bashad yeah. Breeland's was. That should have been a, that it, been a pick. You talk about about missed opportunities, you know, LaShawn McCoy gives one up. Bashad Breeland could have taken one back there. And and those are the types of moments that are obviously super, super impactful in a game like this. <laughs> I've heard a lot of coaches over the years make the statement, you know why they're defensive backs, right? Because they can't catch. Right. <laughs> if they could, they'd be playing offense. <laughs> I, the worst case, I mean, Bashad should have had that one. It's not as bad as what the way Derek Johnson used to drop interceptions that were right no, in his lap. That's true. Those were always extremely painful. Uh, let's take a break here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. You can play the new Federal Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers game and play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. I'm Joshua Briscoe. That's Brad Porter. We're take a break here on Sports Radio 8. Whenever we come back, we'll take some more calls, hear from some, hear from some more players. Easy for me to say. All right here on Sports Radio 810. <laughs> The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Every weekday on Sports Radio 810, tune in to hear Kansas City's favorite local lineup. At 6 a.m., wake up with a Border Patrol with Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati. At 10, it's The Zone with Jason Anderson. Now at 2, get into the program with Soren Petro. And wrap up your day on Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Kansas City's hometown sports station. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Testing enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary Models for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text LEAP to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text LEAP to 42424 right now. Text LEAP to 42424. That's LEAP to 42424. Johnny's Tavern is bringing back the My Hometown discount. Monday after the game, the number of points scored equals the percentage off your whole specialty pizzas. Good at all locations, Kansas City, Lawrence, and Topeka, Johnny's Tavern locations. Hey folks, Jerry and Alec, Continental Siding. Have you ever known anyone in the construction industry to get laid off in the winter? It's very devastating, and we will never do that. We're having a huge sale this fall to fill up our winter schedule. If you'll help keep our guys working and allow us to do your project this winter, we'll discount your project for the inconvenience of a winter install. The schedule will fill up fast, so click or call now. Go to ContinentalSiding.com. Hey, Big 12 basketball fans, it's Allie Trost here with Sports Radio 810 WHB telling you to head over to our podcast page, 
Under additional programming, we are going to have a Big 12 Media Day recap special for you to check out. Exclusive one-on-one interviews with head coach Bill Self and Soren Petro, Ochai Abaji, Devon Dotson, as well as Kansas State players such as Xavier Sneed and Cartier Jada and head coach Bruce Weber. It's all there on the podcast page from the only station giving you coverage from Big 12 Media Day. Go check it out. Hey, it's Jason Anderson. It's fall and that means football season. A great time to enjoy the great weather on your deck. It's time to head for Kansas City Deck Supply, the most knowledgeable source for decking in Kansas City. KC Deck Supply urges you to deck it right the first time with Fiber On Decking. Fiber On offers eco-friendly, beautiful outdoor spaces designed to endure. Check out the newest location in the Northland at 152 Highway in North Oak or in the Metcalf Shopping Center in Overland Park. Online at kcdecksupply.com. Kansas City Deck Supply for everything you need to build a better deck. Better call Bob, your sewer solutions expert. You may not be experiencing backups, but undetected issues in your sewer line lead to major breaks in your pipes and wallet. Get back your peace of mind with a professional sewer camera inspection for $99. That's right. For $99, our certified sewer inspectors will show you what those pesky pipes are up to. Better call Bob. Bob Hamilton Plumbing. Hey, it's Mitch Holtus. Don't miss the Chiefs Kingdom Monday Night Live at Hy-Vee Market Grill. The Hy-Vee Market Grill is the best place to enjoy the game with daily specials. And Hy-Vee has everything you need for your watch parties and tailgates. From meat for the grill to chips, dips, drinks, and even a full selection of Chiefs gear. Come check it all out with the Chiefs Kingdom, Monday night at 6 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Monday night at 6, the Chiefs Kingdom will be at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Olathe off 119th Street. Big O Tires is big on service with the guaranteed lowest prices. For the store nearest you, visit BigOtires.com. All Big O Tires stores are open seven days a week. Big O Tires, turn that big no into a big oh yes. Goodson's was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City, and we couldn't be more proud of our hometown. We know to be truly good at something, it takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as part of our team. Chiefs are in the pistol. On first down, a play fake on the shovel. And now a throw. Kelsey's wide open. If he can find the ball, he finds it. Touchdown, Kansas City at the fire front pylon. Kelsey turned left shoulder, right shoulder. He hauls it in, and the Chiefs get a 29-yard touchdown pass. It was a great play from Matt Moore and Travis Kelsey. And gosh darn it, Matt Moore is our player of the game. You can't stop me. It's our famous Among Friends Chiefs player of the game, brought to you by Bud Light. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I said it. I'm good with that. Player of the game, Matt Moore. Let's see. Matt Moore for the game, 24 of 36. Very good. 267 yards. Good. 7.4 average. Good. Two touchdowns. Good. I think I asked you. Sorry, say this this part's important. Zero interceptions. Yep. And only sacked twice. I think I asked the pregame show if I could give you 30 pass attempts and no picks. Would you take that from Matt Moore? Yes. You said yes, and I think that that's an absolutely takeable game for Matt Moore, also acknowledging the fact that he did not have many opportunities in the second half because um, they gave the ball right back on that one drive when they could have been trying to do something. LaShawn McCoy put it on the ground. 
Also, we talked about this. I talked about this all week. We talked about this in the pregame show some. How we didn't expect to see the Chiefs just running the ball constantly. I, I just dialed up that stat. <laughs> yeah, so over the course of the game, the Chiefs threw the ball 36 times and ran it 20 times. At halftime, the split was even more uh, off balance, if you will, in a way that was working just fine for the offense. Their problem was what happened one time when they ran the ball and Sean McCoy fumbled it. And um, not having the ball anymore in the second half there mm-hmm. was uh, clearly a, a disappointment. Uh, we still have a bunch of calls that we need to get to here on Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Josh Briscoe, Brad Porter, Missouri Lottery, Chiefs postgame show. We're getting a couple calls real quick. We also got to take breaks. It's all it's all a mess back here. Having these these primetime games leaves the Chiefs and us a little bit discombobulated. But Mark has been on hold forever. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no, no, before this game, regardless of the outcome, we expected us to win this game. No offense to uh, Matt Moore, but the, the fact that it was close, I guess, gave people hope, and now they have lots to complain about. But, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, overall, I think both sides of the ball played pretty well. Uh, Brad stole a little bit of my pleasure, uh, but I, I was going to comment on Colin Saunders, and, you know, uh, when we saw some of his performance in the pre preseason, I know Seren had, had had kind of been critical of the pick. He seems to definitely improve leaps and bounds from that and he's actually looking like a pretty good pretty good pick and a solid uh contributor for the Chiefs. So I'm pretty upbeat there. Especially especially given the fact that we're most likely uh, I mean a lot of the talk is we're not gonna be able to keep Chris Jones, so we need some of these guys to pan out. So I'm pretty excited about what the future holds for him. Uh, I, I think the, the, the one negative play that I want to focus on, which it, it was the, the, basically the, the play at the end of the game where Ben Neiman basically gives up a six-yard pass. I, I recognize that well, we have linebackers on running backs all game. I, I don't know. In the, at that point on, on that play, I'm guessing that um, personnel – that you put in the game is you don't know whether they're going to run it or pass it, so you want to put in um, someone who can cover, but also who can at least, you know, if we if it is shown run, can perform against the run. What I don't understand is why you line up six yards from the line of scrimmage when you know a first down loses the game. I, yeah. I recognize that linebackers are not used to playing bump coverage, but you got to play in front of the first down marker there. I just I don't understand. And maybe you can tell me why – why that happened, but you got to be playing closer up on the running back there. I think that's totally fair, Mark, and I appreciate your call. And we have an out we got to hit right now. So we will take the rest of the calls on the board right now. David, Andy, and Tommy Moe will be back to you here in just a second here on Sports Radio 810. Testing enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, ten. There it is. Nice work. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bodies? 
models for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text LEAP to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text LEAP to 42424 right now. Text LEAP to 42424. That's LEAP to 42424. Don't you love that feeling when you've just nailed your look? That's how it feels to use Stitch Fix, your personal styling service that delivers hand-picked clothes right to you. Stitch Fix is simple and convenient. Sign up in just a few minutes, and you can try out new styles right at home. And there's no subscription required ever. So, isn't it time you started nailing your look? Get started today at stitchfix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for everybody. Testing enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary Models for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text LEAP to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text LEAP to 42424 right now. Text LEAP to 42424. That's LEAP to 42424. Hi, this is Michael Garozo. We're all so excited for Kansas City football. Whenever Kansas City wins, you win at Garozo's. That's right, fans. Every Monday following every Kansas City win, buy one, get one free, chicken spadini, lunch or dinner, dining only, and don't forget Sundays it's still half-price wine, only at Garozo's where chicken spadini began. Not valid with any other offers or discounts. Odds are there's an ace right in your neighborhood. With expert advice and the right tools to make your quick fixes even quicker. Around the block, what you need in stock. With people who know their stuff. Welcome to the Home Convenience Store. Get ready for fall with buy two, get one free Ace Basic Air Filters at your local Westlake Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Jones on a screen, 40-yard line, 45. Jones in the open field, 40. To the 30 of Kansas City, to the 20, to the 15, 10-5, touchdown. On a wide screen of 67 yards to Aaron Jones. That is our ugly play of the game. My apologies to We Buy Ugly Houses, but it was the ugliest thing that I saw tonight. So if you're in an ugly house and it's an ugly situation... Like the Chiefs were in one just right there. A very, very ugly situation with Aaron Jones lined up on a linebacker. Call the Ugly House guys today at 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Fix that ugly situation and turn it into cash. If We Buy Ugly Houses was NFL salary cap approved, we might be able to use them. 
to bring in some linebackers. But I don't think the Chiefs can go that direction, which is a real shame. But if you need to, go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Had to sneak in a quick break before the end of the hour. Now we're on the other side of the midnight. None of us have turned into a pumpkin yet, and we go back to the phones. Andy is next up. What's up, Andy? How's it going, guys? It's going okay, all things considered. Yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, I just want to say, you know, earlier uh, there was a caller in saying about Packers fans were uh, not too fun tonight. Uh, I couldn't agree less. Oh, hot take. Um, I, I was surrounded by a lot of Packers fans. They travel well. They're, you know, a Midwest team. You know, great fans. Um, but first of all, I want to say there was a couple of calls about Lasama McCoy, too. Um, you know, of all the bad plays he's had this year, a couple of fumbles he's had in the, you know, big-time games. You know, the Texans game, obviously, and tonight, um, he, he, you know, he's had a lot of bigger plays than he has bad. Mm-hmm. But Matt Moore, I mean, that's, that's the big thing for me. You know, he, he played lights out, in my opinion, um, in the absence of Pat. Um, he was, you know, neck and neck with Rodgers all night. And, I mean, he kept us in the game all night. So, I mean, uh, really not much else to say. Um, we made their defense to, you know, Packers defense past, what, three weeks of look. You know, kind of unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the two Smith. You know, didn't really have much noise tonight. But you know, there's a couple plays tonight where you knew that the first quarter that you know that that the pass that Rodgers made that you thought he almost uh, grounded it, but they called it a catch. And then that touchdown in the corner. You know, Rodgers just you know that kind of guy. So yeah. um, it, you know, it's hard hard to beat that, but. Um, Matt Moore played outrageous, I thought. So, um, just want to hear your thoughts, I guess. Appreciate the call, Andy. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, Matt Moore did, I think, just about everything Andy Reid could have asked him to do. I just, I think, I think maybe that sounds like again, kind of weak praise, but you, you ask Matt Moore to come in and hit on the things that are schemed wide open. He had a couple of passes where he did miss guys, but he had far more whenever he took what was given to him by the screen, uh, by, by the screens, by the things that were schemed up, by what the talent around him was setting up, and I just think that's that's a, a B-plus game at the very least for Matt Moore. Maybe on, on, on the, the curve, it's an A game. Yes. The deep Tyreek Hill routes were not in play tonight. No. Those just weren't going to happen, but... When I talked about designing a, a scheme or coming up with a game plan and calling plays for Matt Moore, they did a great job of getting into Tyreek Hill three and four yards off the line of scrimmage and allowing him to run and scoot another eight, ten, twelve yards. Yep. So I thought that was really good. And I I did notice after the game, you know, the quarterbacks always shake hands and, and that's great. And Aaron Rodgers had some nice things to say to to Matt Moore. And Aaron Rodgers and Matt Moore are I think the same age, if not they're within a year of each other. And so Aaron Rodgers understands how hard it is to stay around in this league that long. Yeah. But you got to think at some point during the game, Aaron Rodgers was on the sideline watching Matt Moore thinking, seriously? Yeah. What, like, like a horror movie. What do, what do I have to do to kill this guy? Right. But uh, tremendous amount of respect. And like I said, they're virtually the same age. We've got some open phone lines for the first time in a while. 913-3810-810. David's been on hold for a minute. What's up, David? Hey, I was just wanting to talk about the Chiefs' defense for a minute. Mm-hmm. In the last, I don't know how long we've been worried about us being able to stop the run, and it seems like the last couple of weeks we've been able to stop the run pretty good against Green Bay. It, what That wasn't really the game plan when you have a quarterback that can 
pass the ball like that. So I was kind of wondering your thoughts on that. And uh, we've been playing against teams that have good running backs in the past three weeks or whatever, and they've been able to run the ball on us. Now, it seems like we've been able to stop the run, but in the last couple weeks, we haven't really needed to stop the run as much. And without Mahomes being in there, they haven't been game planning to run the ball as much because they don't need to keep him off the off the field. So I was kind of curious on your thoughts on that. Appreciate the call, David. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. I I think that there is a little bit of um, an unnecessary correlation made in there. Like I, I think the Broncos wanted to run the ball against the Chiefs last week, and, and I don't think that changed when Mahomes went out. They just weren't running the ball very successfully because the Chiefs' defense was doing a, a much better job of slowing it. The, the Packers ran the ball 26 times tonight, 118 yards. That's 4.5 yards per carry. That's not a great defensive performance, but it's certainly no backbreaker, anything like that. Um, and it felt like more often than not, the Chiefs were rallying around and, and getting these runs stopped for meager gains that then Aaron Rodgers had to throw for. And that's really been the story this whole time. And for all the the number of times that I've talked about the way run defense has been, in my mind, a bit overblown, you, you, you have teams that run the ball on first and second down for, you know, good runs, but then the big conversions come through the air because that's generally how the NFL works. And so if it's Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson, it wasn't Joe Flacco, and they won that game. It was the best the defense looked. I mean, this is how it worked back in the, the AFC Championship game last year. The Patriots ran the ball successfully, but it was third and sevens with Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski that killed you. So I, I think for the most part, you've seen this defense stabilize the run defense where it's not this unbelievable glaring thing that anyone can just come in and walk all over you. They, they've stood up to that two weeks in a row, and teams basically have to play the Chiefs like a normal, competent defense at this point. And believe it or not, I would say that's a win. Yeah, I was watching the, the Packers run the football tonight, or I guess yesterday now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's where after midnight. Initially, they weren't getting a lot going up the middle, but eventually the Packers offensive line, their double teams, when they crash down on the inside, mm-hmm. create just a little, what I call a slipstream, mm-hmm. where you can get through. But where the Packers had a lot of success, uh, well, not a lot, but when they had success running the football, it's getting just enough close to the edge to make you believe it's a sweep and the cutback. They, yeah. they killed yeah. the Chiefs on cutbacks. It was, yeah. But, you know, this the run defense for the Chiefs is certainly not as bad as it was weeks one through five. Right. Still not great, but not getting shredded like they were. You can absolutely win and frankly be a totally fine middle of the road defense with below average run defense numbers and performance. The the way that that they defended the run in this game in my mind, the defense altogether in this game will do just fine mm-hmm. from here on out. In just about every facet. If every team does the running backs on linebackers thing and they never adjust, that will ultimately be a problem. But but with the exception of that thing, which was obviously the biggest problem tonight, I do actually think that, that what we saw will be absolutely good enough, especially whenever you have Patrick Mahomes back. And the, the, the bar you have to set obviously changes because your offense is is the thing that you're actually relying on. The defense just needs to provide enough resistance. And they almost did that tonight with Matt Moore quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel all right about it, but I think it's a you know 
a fair question to be exploring again. Tommy Moe is on the line right now. What's up, Tommy Moe? Hey, not much, Josh. I was wondering if you could indulge me with a little role-playing. Oh, boy. You know, it you is know I'm open-minded. It's 12, 10 a.m. Let's do it. I'm the Kansas City Media, and you're going to be Andy Reid. Uh, Coach Reid, with 2.41 left in the game and 39 seconds on the play clock, why did you see a strategy-wise to call timeout? I'm not going to do an Andy Reid impression because I don't want to uh, get fired. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't I didn't know that, Tommy Mo. Thought it was 2.39. I bleeped up on that one, didn't I, huh? Yeah, I mean, you got the clock there, and, the, the you know, you're not the defensive coach. I didn't expect you to be making the next defensive play call. I just yeah. thought a head coach that makes uh, some good money but doing this for 20-plus years could yeah. uh, have the sense of, you know, time. But, I mean, obviously the Kansas City media would not be doing this right now, lambasting Coach Reed, but I just was wondering why, why you did make a timeout with 241 left. You know, Josh, I don't expect you to remember this. 20 years ago, Gunther did about the same thing in a game. And he got lambasted. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know after the game, but you know he got thought lambasted in the media. Why did he? Why did he call timeout? Who knows? The game may have ended the same way, but it's just strategy-wise. This is three times now in the last two minutes of either the first half or the game that he's messed it up. Yeah. And you know we want to win a championship as much as anybody, but the little things make a world of difference when you want to win big games. And that was a little thing. And I know it's going to be not – no one in the media, I guess, thought it was a big deal, so that was not asked post-game. And so if it's not brought up to Andy Reid, I don't know if anyone's in the building there at one Arrowhead Drive has enough tummy to actually bring it to him in his office tomorrow afternoon or sometime. Hey, Coach, why did you do that? That's not so going to happen. I guess I'm the only one, and you guys did bring it up. The but, reporters you know, will – not brought up anywhere. He, he won't think it's a problem. Reporters will bring it up this week. In fact, they'll probably do it. Uh, we'll see. Well, we will see. I've seen. So, I've seen major. Nobody brought up his two-minute bl- uh, blunder. Uh, well, I surrendered asking. I just the, the second time he messed up the two-minute drill. The first time was when Patrick Mahomes was really pissed off. If you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just just the little things, guys. You know, yeah. you want to win a championship, the little things. You know, everybody's going to have a quarterback that's going to throw three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Uh, that's going to happen, and uh, the Chiefs are now in a position where they're going to have to win probably two road games to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because if they, even if so. they win their division, you know, unless we tie Baltimore, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just looking ahead, guys, yep. as we all do, and it just and hey, maybe that's not a problem because we're one and three at home this year and four and zero on the road. That's true. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't. Maybe it. Maybe it doesn't matter all that much. No, like listen, like you said. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning, but it has been two hours since we brought it up. Of the of the mistakes made in the last five minutes or so, the punt was the one that I think had a greater ultimate influence on the end of the game. That one could have changed the result. The timeout probably doesn't change the result of the game, but it was the bigger factual mistake. Calling a timeout at 241 is exactly the same as letting it run at 241. The opponent is going to have to run another play, exactly one play before the two-minute warning, regardless if that timeout is called or not. So that was absolutely a factual mistake. I bet it comes up either in in, uh, his availability tomorrow or whenever he talks on Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, Well, Wednesday's a little stale, isn't it? It is. It is, but also Wednesday's just the biggest turnout of all of those, I think. So, um, I I bet that if it's not there by by Wednesday, we'll we'll hear somebody ask about it. But maybe we'll get it tomorrow. Yep, and you know I agree with the caller about two. 
you know, to have Ben Neiman six yards off the ball. Yeah, I don't. I, I you didn't know, I just the, the, uh, explain that to me. I don't even. And Anthony Hitchens, as well as he played last week. You know, the the one run that really the one play that upset me, and no one will talk about it. First and ten, they they got the ball at the two yard line. They run right up the middle, and Andy, Anthony Hitchens runs right into the other A gap where we already have three defenders, mm. and where they ran for seven yards on that was a big play to me, guys. Yeah, that just gets you out of the hole. He gets the blocker hits him, and he cannot shed a block. And like I said, this just shows the greatness of Derek Johnson. He shed a block, not every running play, obviously, but he could just shed a block and make a play. Anthony Hitchens cannot shed a block. If he's running downhill on a run blitz, good. If he's running downhill on just a pure blitz, fine. But to stand his ground, he cannot shed a block and run downhill and make a play at the line of scrimmage. It's always five, six, seven yards down the line. And and today on the screen or on the screen or on the screen pass was, you know, he just can't shed a block. It was Jimmy Graham out there. I guess Jimmy Graham, like Chris Collins, were said he's not known for his blocking, but on Anthony Hitchens, he was. Yeah, I think that's fair, Timo, and I always appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call. All right, guys. Wonder, um, wonder if he's bailing out any of those nasty Packer fans tonight. If he's bailing, if who is? If Tommy Timo is, I yeah. Listen, we have we have conflicting reports. They might be the most wonderful I, Packers the fans. The Packers fans that I've been around over the years have been, to in my opinion, they've been pretty darn terrific. Well, I hate all of them. No, um, I will say to the to the like Anthony Hitchens discussion, right? This this popped up a little bit on Twitter, and I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't know if it makes the most sense to be talking about two hours after the game ends in the grand scheme of things. But like, you look at um, again, Colin Saunders looks pretty good right now. Um, Derek Knight looks pretty pretty good right now. The Emmanuel Ogba for Eric Murray trade seems excellent. Alex Okafor seems like a fine enough deal. Uh, a, a lot of the Damian Wilson is an excellent acquisition. A lot of those moves in the margins and the one, you know, role players that are exceeding the role they've been asked to play, or at least meeting the role they've been asked to play, feels like those have largely been W's for Brett Veach. And you look at the big money, the big money guys, Tyron Matthew, we're all on board with. I feel like that's inarguable in terms of uh, free agency and all of that. Really just guys added through free agency or through trade acquisitions. Tyron Matthew was the right move. Um, you, Frank Clark wasn't out there tonight, and it didn't seem all that different. Isn't it hesitantly? Because like we watched it in real time, and I'll rewatch it, and I'll let you know. But like it, I wasn't like, oh man, this team misses Frank Clark out there. And Anthony Hitchens is streaky. He's up and down. He's got good moments and bad moments, whatever. And that's fine if you are a replacement level NFL player. Damian Wilson had had uh, good moments and bad moments tonight. He had mostly, I would say, more good M- moments than bad. Good. Yeah. But but whenever you you have these great plays and then a couple of mistakes, but you're a dude that was brought in as a free agent to play a particular role, or Reggie Ragland, like listen to how we've talked about Reggie Ragland these last few weeks. It's glowingly because of the expectations that come in, and so I don't know if it's fair or not, but Anthony Hitchens hasn't been the value that Brett Veach essentially said he would by the deal they gave him. No, nah, not at all. I mean, he had he had a bounce-back week last week. Okay, may, maybe a little something here. And then I got to thinking last week, you know, maybe he's been banged up a little bit and he's finally a, a little bit healthy. And then tonight, he made a couple of good stretch plays along the sideline, but for the most part, it was kind of more of the same, what we saw last year. 
Um, we'll give you the full NFL scoreboard update in a little bit, but to Tommy Moe's point about winning on the road, I, I want to let you know where the uh, the AFC-relevant teams landed today. This is an NFL scoreboard update brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City's beer. The Chargers won on the road at the Bears today in a game that both of them wanted to charge her away. They're 3-5. and five. <laughs> The AFC West isn't really going to be a problem. The Broncos were at Indy, and they essentially chargered their game away. They're 2-6, and six, not a relevant part of this conversation. Um, the Patriots pretty well trounced the Browns 27-13. to 13. That defense is really good. That offense is fine. It's, I mean, They're probably going to have to go play in Foxborough because I don't think the Patriots are going to lose more than anyone else in the AFC. But I also don't find them to be terrifying. And then the Texans beat the Raiders, and honestly, again, it probably would have been better for the Raiders to win unless you're really worried about the division. The Raiders dropped three and four. The Texans are five and three. The Ravens were off this week, uh, but you get victories for the Texans and the Colts against two divisional teams in the AFC West. And then the Chargers obviously get the win, being the only team in the AFC West to win this week. I'm not worried about the AFC West. I am worried about the seeding throughout the AFC, and it's still going to be tight. Like, the Chiefs have three losses. Um, That's... Two in the AFC. Yeah, and and this one... Two two that are tiebreakers that are important. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount that. They also have the one against the Ravens that is a tiebreaker in their favor. You take the loss against the Packers. You look ahead to the Vikings next week. You get the Titans and Chargers and Raiders. Three losses wouldn't that three, a team that goes thirteen and three will be the two seed in the AFC. That would do it. I feel I feel great about that. I don't think the Chiefs are going to win out at this point. But if you said, "Hey, Matt Moore next week against the Vikings, and then Mahomes is back for at Titans, Chargers, Raiders, at Patriots, Broncos, Bears, Chargers," the Patriots game's up in the air. They lose that, they go 12-4. and four. The tiebreaker probably costs them against an AFC South team because one of those two teams probably go 12-4. and four. But man, the NFL is wild, and these teams have been weird and streaky, and, and the, the Texans just lost J.J. Watt. Stuff happens, and so I don't think it's doomed, but it's certainly a little bit tumultuous. Again, that NFL scoreboard update brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City's Beer. Do you have any issue with any of that, Brad? I'm Joshua no, Briscoe, that, Brad that Porter, was a way. lot. That was kind of like a fire hose of... Thoughts of information coming it really, out of it. No, it really was. That's sort of generally my, my aesthetic. <laughs> Just a fire hose of thoughts and information. <laughs> that was going to be the name of my show for a while. There we thought go. better of it. It was too wordy. Yeah. Fire hydrant. Also, yeah. my pen has stopped working, and that's mm. distressing. So we'll go to the phones to distract myself from the fact that the red ink in my multicolored pen is not working anymore. And we'll go to Tom. What's up, Tom? Hey. What's going on, Tom? Hey, I'm just wondering, did anybody else think that we should have went for it when it was like third and three with five minutes to go? Did you not think that we were not going to get the ball back? It was fourth. Like and, I did. It was fourth and three. Oh, yeah, it was third and three, oh, and then it was fourth and three. And, yes, 100%. Yeah. Uh, before the punt happened, it was a great punt, and it didn't matter. They absolutely should have gone for it there. That was a coaching mistake by Andy Reid. Not, no doubt in my mind. That was ridiculous. What, they do that every game. They know the goddamn defense isn't going to stop them. We got it. Sorry, Tommy got done, but did you hit the dump button, Connell? There we go. We're good. Hit it twice for good measure. <laughs> Take the whole seven seconds with you. I don't, yeah, I don't think we're. I don't think you're allowed to say that on the radio. So here's the thing. Yeah. I actually don't think it's an FCC violation. But we usually. It's also it's not, it's not midnight twenty. But I, get, I don't know. It'll be in the podcast. If you're listening, I'm not going to go bleep it out of the podcast. If you're listening right now and said, "Oh, what did he say? Was it? Was it?" 
a horrible, horrible curse, it'll be in the podcast. You'll find out. If you're listening on the app right now, you heard it. That's true. If you heard it over the air, you didn't hear it. It's not good form. Yeah, it's fine. It's 12.30 and everybody's a little angry. Yeah. Uh, We'll go to Nate. Hey, Nate, please don't curse. Hey, Josh. We're on our way back to Nebraska, but I just wanted to say, like, we we walked into this game not thinking that we had a chance, and mm-hmm. I felt like the team played very competitive tonight for for what it was. I mean, we're out seven starters, and we don't have a home. We played well. I heard that guy say, get rid of Shady. I mean, I thought we played a good game, and we went in there competitive. We've seen Andy play conservative with Alex Smith all those years. If we can just pull off a couple wins with Matt, just holding on to the ball, being a game manager, I think we have a chance. What do you think? I think you're 100% right. In this game next week against the Vikings, they put up 19 points against Washington. It was all on the ground. They can. I, I actually think that there's a decent chance that the Chiefs can sell out to slow down Dalvin Cook a little bit next week, run a similar offense they showed tonight, win that game against the Vikings, and then see if uh, Mahomes is ready for that Titans game. I think that's absolutely on the table. That would be great. We'd love to see him. We're heading to Nashville for that game, too. We'd love to see him. But, you know, a lot of people are down and out on what's going on. But, uh, again, you know, it is what it is. And I thought we played good ball tonight, even though we didn't get the outcome that we wanted. But thanks for having us on, man. We love you. Appreciate it, Nate. Thanks for listening and for loving me. I appreciate that. I feel I feel so loved. Well, if you're driving back to Nebraska, what time you got to get up for work tomorrow? <sighs> the uh, sick day. Sick day. So they're yeah. they're gonna get a cold on the mm. way back. I think, and I, might, I could be contagious. <laughs> I, I drove all the way back. My windows down. My head was wet. I, I, yep. Yep. Do you know, by the way, that doesn't you don't get a cold? No, from, I, know, I, I know. I know. I learned that recently. I don't say that to be like, hey, Brad, you idiot. Like, I learned that very, very you recently. Don't, you, don't, you don't even get a cold by walking outside when it's below uh, freezing without yeah. a stocking cap on. That's not what that's not the, what makes you sick. Connell's mind is blown by this. It's yeah. um, not what makes you sick. The reason that people tend to get sicker during the winter, I was literally just listening. There's a medical history podcast called Sawbones that I love very much. And uh, it, this welcome to this is the Chiefs Post Game Show on 810 now. And it just came up on one of the episodes I was listening to. The, the reason that, that people get more, are more likely to get sick in the winter, apparently, is that like people like huddled together and yes. they're just inside in close quarters all the time. Yes. So germs get spread germs more are easily. Just everywhere. So listen, Connell, who is bald, go ahead and rock that hat. Don't keep your keep your dome warm. I don't want you out here getting a cold a cold scalp or anything. Yes, mate. The follically challenged of us have to worry about these things. So, yeah, I mean, but you don't have to wear a scarf because you got the beard of a Viking. True. And in the summer, you got to put sunblock on your head. Oh, oh, do you have to do that? Oh my god, are you serious? The first year I didn't do it. Uh, there was like St. Patrick's Day a couple of years ago, and I had a wee small green hat on my, <laughs> on my head. So the rest of my head burned, and then when I took it off, it was like a white circle, like a pole It was at a St. Patrick's Day party with yeah. a little, you had a little tiny St. Patrick's Day hat on, oh, that's mm-hmm. so good. When you go to- If you didn't notice, Connell's Irish. Yeah. When you, when, so playing into all the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. When, when you go to the drugstore to get your uh, sunblock for the season, yeah. you usually know, go in, like, in March or April sure. to stock up. They sure. have, you know, you have the, the SPF 20, SPF- 50, SPF 90, and if you go to the very end of the aisle, they have SPF Irishmen who have red heads. Oh my god, man. <laughs> Mine's just like mayonnaise it's, when I put it on, honestly. It's the worst. Yeah. It's, a, it's oh. a special category. SPF 20. I have to use that to read a text message. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line, Connell. Uh, I'll go back to the phones here. Let's go to Michael. What's up, Michael? How do you feel about sunscreen on your head? 
Uh, yeah, I don't need that because yeah. I actually have a full head of hair. Yeah, so do I. So. This is don't, hey, listen, don't. <laughs> Connell's giving you a standing ovation. Don't hair shame Connell. <laughs> What's on your mind? Oh, other than uh, hair. Well, other than hair, uh, <laughs> I was just kind of bugged by uh, Andy Reid reverting back to his Alex Smith days where he was way, way too conservative. Hmm. And uh, we've covered it multiple – well, you've covered it. And uh, Brad have covered it multiple times and with callers about how uh, he punted way too early and not talked about was uh, – I think it was the first quarter how – it was fourth and inches, and we could have done a uh, quarterback sneak. Yes, yes, and you're right. We haven't mentioned it. I wrote it down. That felt like it happened six months ago, but you're 100% right. That fourth and inches was the first to really bother me. Yes, me and too. It just really set the tone, and I I, I really do think Andy Reid get the, should get a ton of credit for how it really did seem like a throwback to the uh, Alex Smith days where we had, you know, like the, the running around of Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, you know, the, the uh, hey, look at all of our weapons running around and, and, and passing it around. And it was working all right, but then it just kind of petered out. Yep. And uh, then he went back to his super conservative ways and over-relying on the defense. Like we had a Justin Houston or we had uh, a Ford back there or whatever. And, it was just so foolish. I was just so angry because, like, I really didn't – coming into this game, I really didn't think we had much of a chance, and I was just rolling. I was just loving how we were so competitive and making this an exciting game. And then for him to just make one or two bad decisions, it just really cost us the game, and that just really ruined it for me and, and actually, like, got me back emotionally negative toward the game Whereas before I was like, everything's gravy from here yeah. because he's done so well. And uh, just it was disappointing by that those few decisions. <laughs> yeah. I just worry about it going forward. You know, is it going to cost us in, a, in an even more important game? And I know that this one is, thank God it's not an AFC game. Mm-hmm. It, and, you know, it's not division, all of that. But... Later on, you know, we could be talking about a situation where the Raiders, you know, and we don't want to talk about the Raiders, but they're not too bad. And, you know, uh, they could come to a situation where he has to make a decision and he makes something that's so foolish, uh, makes a decision that's overly conservative, relying on the defense based on emotion because he saw a couple stops early on in the game. I don't know. And so uh, I want to hear some more thoughts on that. And if, uh, if you know of any solutions or if we need to worry about that or if Mahomes is going to rectify all that because I feel like this game in particular, he reverted back to Alex Smith ways where it's like ultra, ultra conservative. I think I am with you on pretty much all that, Michael. I appreciate the call. And yeah, so I, I will say I do think part of the way you fix that is with Patrick Mahomes. And I think I think that is twofold. Um, one is that I think Patrick Mahomes will straight up stand on the field and point forward and yell at the sidelines, let's go, let's go. Like, I do think, we, I mean, we've seen that from him. He's not going to just, you know, if, if he really thinks, hey, you know what, I'll sneak it here, you know, forget my knee. Um, on fourth and inches, or certainly fourth and three, whatever, I think he's throwing a fit for that, and I think Andy Reid respects what Patrick Mahomes says in a moment like that. So I do think that genuinely matters. The other thing, and I think Patrick, I think Andy Reid has a lot more courage 
whenever Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. The, the stuff you can do on fourth and three I, I is you have so much more of your playbook. You have so many more options. You have so much more that defenses are worrying about. If Patrick Mahomes is back there instead of Matt Moore, I, I really do think all that matters. I also still think 100%. Andy Reid made the wrong decisions multiple times in, in those situations. For their first and last offensive drives. I'm more forgiving of the first one, not just because it happened longer ago, but also because that's the beginning of the game and to immediately set up the Packers to have a chance to, to I mean, feel like they would put you away. Ultimately, it wouldn't have, but so early on, I understand at least where that's coming from a little bit, but it's also fourth and an inch, and you need to go get fourth and an inch. I think, I'm having a flashback here, I think you and I had this conversation uh, back in training camp or maybe at some point in the preseason where the Chiefs, with the weapons they have and with Patrick Mahomes, if you're at fourth and three, you go for it. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yes. Because there's a play designed for Patrick Mahomes to automatically get six yards. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or uh, Sammy Watkins. You mix in some of the other guys. But if it's fourth and three, I'm to the point where, yeah, let's, let's – I mean, unless you're inside your own ten. I mean, I'm not going to sure. be ridiculous about it. But, sure. you know, if you're beyond the 35-yard line, I, I'm to the point where I think that's a go. Yeah. And and why you definitely get, on fourth and inches for crying out loud. While you get more conservative whenever you have Matt Moore instead of Patrick Mahomes, you also have a little bit of a higher need to take those chances because you have a lower likelihood of getting incredible plays from your quarterback later on. Mm-hmm. Also, Ryan, who called in earlier, tweeted me and said they got to work at nine in the morning to answer uh, our oh, question. Okay. So Godspeed, you guys. I hope your drive's I, going great. I, we're not going to get out of here until probably one o'clock. I got to be up at six. For what? Uh, I gotta take people to school. Ugh, kids, <laughs> why have them? That's that's gonna be the very. Yeah, that was tired. Joshua Briscoe, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> father of the year candidate. I don't have any intention in even qualifying for that. Big brothers, big sisters, you need some help. Call Joshua Briscoe. That I'd be way more interested okay, in there that. You go. But I it can't start before ten a.m. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't help out any kids before 10 a.m. Sorry, mm-hmm. call me, call me then, and I'll pick up the phone. Uh, we need to take another break. We will come back and wrap up shop here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs Post Game Show. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. It's the Amini Showroom Sell-Off event where floor models are up to 50% off. This is a store-wide savings event, so come check out our huge selection of fire pits, bar stools, and the entire home furnishings department. Get your family back into the game room with Deadpool and Star Wars Pinball, Golden Tee Golf, Big Buck Hunter, Pac-Man Arcade Game, Shuffleboard Tables, and American-Made Pool Tables. Save up to 50% off during the Amini Showroom Sell-Off event. Open in Overland Park on Metcalf. This is Amini's. Every day is game day. Grab some pigskin and play the Missouri Lottery's new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers ticket. Celebrate 60 years of Chiefs football with two collectible tickets and the chance to win up to $600 in cash instantly. That's up to $600 in cash. Every ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Visit your favorite retailer today and play responsibly. It's the Community America Credit Union Chiefs Red Friday Rally this Friday at their South Plaza location. They'll be giving away NFL-approved swag bags. 
Get a swag bag with a silver ticket in it and you win two tickets to the Chiefs-Vikings game. Chiefs ambassador Keith Cash will be there for autographs and of course, Casey Wolf. They'll also be serving up Cowtown Donuts. It's the Community America Credit Union Chiefs Red Friday Rally this Friday at their South Plaza location. We'll see you there. At Central Bank of the Midwest, we are focused on building strong communities across Kansas City. I'm Bill Ferguson, President and CEO. Our strong roots began more than 100 years ago in the heart of the Midwest and continue today across five states and 67 communities. Central Bank of the Midwest brings you the best of both worlds, a strong community bank with the resources and technology to deliver a legendary banking experience. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. What makes Slim Chicken so delicious? It all starts with fresh, all-natural tenderloins, buttermilk marinated, then lightly hand-breaded with our famous southern spices. And we cook them fresh when you order, every time. Try them with one of our 17 house dipping sauces. So come share a meal with us. Whether you're dining in, driving through, or feeding a crowd, Slim's has you covered. Slim Chickens, fresh, delicious chicken. Slim Chickens is now open on Johnson Drive in Mission. Will you marry me? Yes. Touchdown! Because he went to Joslin's. Hey guys, if it's time to taste the sweet nectar of marriage, score the ring of her dreams at Joslin's Jewelry. Hi, I'm Mitch Holtis, and I've known Gary Joslin for years, and I buy from Joslin's Jewelry because I trust his hometown help. It's like I'm buying from a family member. Now, if you want that level of service and selection, then come to Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. It's that time of year again when we all gear up to watch great games on the gridiron. Hard to believe, but it's tailgating season. And what better way to tailgate than with the world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate on the next-generation 2019 KC4 Edition GMC Sierra. The multi-pro tailgate does it all and has an available kicker audio system right in the tailgate to listen to our favorite team. The next-generation KC4 Edition Sierra is exclusively sold at the following GMC dealerships. Cable Dahmer and Conklin Fangman of Kansas City, Dave Cross in Lee Summit, Robert Brogdon in Olathe, Cable Dahmer of Independence, Henry Martins in Leavenworth, and Jim Rasick in Clinton. If you're a professional grade fan, trade up to the professional grade KC4 Edition GMC Sierra today. Non-GM warranty, limited warranty by kicker, three years, 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. For more information, contact your dealer. Get fast in-home Wi-Fi that you can control with Xfinity XFi. See who's online, pause your Wi-Fi, or even set a curfew for the kids. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, enjoy great coverage throughout your home and on the go. Even manage your in-home Wi-Fi network from anywhere when you download the Xfinity XFi app. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. Steven St. John here for my friends at Metcalf Carstar, the auto body repair experts. If you get in a fender bender, be sure to call Metcalf Carstar in Overland Park. Metcalf Carstar helped me when I needed repairs, and they'll help you too. They have the highest customer service rating in the city, and trust me, I know why. If you get in a wreck, call 1-800-CARSTAR or go to carstar.com and search Metcalf Carstar. Metcalf Carstar, relax, they'll take it from here. When do you think about your insurance? Chances are it's when you're paying your bill or filing a claim. 
At Briar Payne Mead, we always think about your insurance. It's what we do. Buying a car, having a baby, building a home, starting a business. Then it's time to call BPM at 913-6810-099 or visit us on the web at bpminsurance.com. Great service and extremely competitive rates from the top-rated companies. Briar Payne Mead, 913-6810-099. That's 913-6810-099. Stephen St. John here to tell you about KC Grilling Company, located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin, your one-stop shop for your tailgating needs. They carry a full line of rubs, sauces, injections, and all of the supplies to complete your backyard barbecue project. Whether you need a smoker, grill wood, charcoal pellets, or gas, KC Grilling Company is the area's finest full-service grill store. And every Thursday afternoon, beginning September 19th, you can pick up either baby back ribs or burn ends prepared by one of their champion pitmasters. Pre-order at kcgrillingco.com. That's KC Grilling Company. Second and three, three seconds to go second quarter. Green Bay trailing Kansas City 17-14. The football is at Green Bay's own 43. Rodgers takes the snap. The Chiefs are blitzing. Forget the Hail Mary. Down goes Rodgers for the third time in the game. And Tano Passano is absolutely filling the Packer trick-or-treat set with rocks. Another sack for Passano. I thought that play was great. I thought that that call was great by Steve Spagnuolo. And we're going to see where this defense continues to go from here. They were good against Joe Flacco. They were pretty good again against Aaron Rodgers. That leaves me feeling relatively encouraged. This is the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. Josh Briscoe, Brad Portal. Port- I did it again. There you go. Twice. Why is your name so hard for me to say? It's probably because if you talk any college sports now, it's always the transfer portal. So That's when you it. try to say Porter, it goes to Portal. Brad, transfer Porter. Yeah. I still have college eligibility. I can go in the transfer portal. I think you should. Yeah. I think you should. You should change your Twitter display name to Brad Transfer Porter. We'll see if people get it. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't change my handle. My, you're, I've had the no same fun. handle since. Not the handle, just the display name. Okay. You don't have to change it from Brad. Although, if you change it from Brad K. Porter to Brad Transfer Porter, I, it would also be pretty funny. But that, because then someone else can take your handle, and that's not worth it. If you want to follow Brad on Twitter, it's at Brad K. Porter. I'm at JB Briscoe. You can uh, tweet us there or just tweet at Sports Radio 810, as so many of you have done over the course of this evening. It's a little bit overwhelming. We will. Uh, we, we talked about the defense plenty tonight, and uh, Travis Kelsey didn't talk to the media for very long after the game, but I'm always interested to hear what he says, including after a loss, what he said about Matt Moore and, and where the offense went and how it performed tonight. Let's hear from Travis Kelsey following the game. Not the game, obviously, even the special everything. Where's the offense tonight? I just got to be better for uh, Matty Moore there at the end, coming back to the ball, uh, better for my teammates. Just disgusted with how I play, catch the ball when I'm in the end zone. It's just uh, got to go to work. From your point of view, how do you, how do you think Matt did tonight? He played outstanding. Heck, the ball was right there um, every time that I could think of. And, uh, you know, it's just we'll look at film, figure out how to get better. But um, I got to be better for my team in the fourth quarter. Travis, you, I'm sorry if you answered this already, but were you hoping to go for it there on fourth and two? No. Should have caught the ball on third and whatever. How much of this game sort of signifies or sort of magnifies the small details, the small mistakes? That's every game. That's every game. You just got to make sure you stay true to your fundamentals and, uh, yeah. 
It's interesting. The the sort of weight of the drop that he had late in that game. I mean, drop might have been a tough might be a tough word for it, but it was also a tough play, and he needs to make a tough play in a situation like that. Matt Moore made some tough plays, and he's Matt Moore. Travis Kelsey has a higher threshold for the kind of plays he's supposed to make. I think that's all self critical, but. Totally fair in the circumstance. Yeah, and he was asked, uh, should you have gone for it on fourth and three? He said, no, he should have made the catch on third and three. Yeah. Player's not going to throw a coaching decision under the bus. No, no that was not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I need to give you a full scoreboard update. Anything you may have missed here, we're almost done on uh, this particular show. So, Brad, this is your warning. Collect your thoughts. Oh, I got a final thought. Our final thoughts are coming here momentarily. But first, I need to give you a quick look around everything that happened in the NFL this week. If you didn't have a chance to catch up, I watch more football whenever the Chiefs play in primetime than I ever get to anytime. So I love a primetime game, even though it means a, you know, one o'clock exit time for the postgame show. But uh, the Seahawks and Falcons played. Matt Schaub threw for 460 yards, but they lost. Seahawks win that game 27 to 20. Eagles go to Buffalo, win that game 31-13. Mentioned the Chargers won at Chicago. That game was wild and not particularly well played. The Lions beat the Giants at home, not by much, but by enough. And uh, they win that game 31-26. to The Titans beat the Buccaneers in Tennessee 27-23. to Colts beat the Broncos in Indianapolis. Adam Vinatieri misses kicks, makes kicks. They end up winning their uh, 15-13. Rams and Bengals was, uh, I mean, no one should have watched this game. I mean, we we exported it, for God's sakes. This was the one in London, right? Mm-hmm. Good on America. We made a, we made a good uh, foreign policy decision there to not make anyone in the U.S. have to watch the Bengals with their own eyes. Rams go to uh, London and win that game 24-10. to Don't watch the Bengals. Saints and Cardinals was the return of Drew Brees, a 31-9 to victory there for the Saints. The Cardinals have a lot of issues to figure out, but it's... Uh, Kyler Murray looks like an actual NFL quarterback in the making. Just not a great offensive performance for them today, obviously. Jags and Jets was 29-15. to uh, Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew are making it really difficult to bring back Nick Foles whenever he does make it back from injury. Keep an eye on that. will be fascinating. The Niners curb stomp the Panthers in a game with a bunch of weird stat lines that I got wrong during the pregame show because the the uh, ESPN.com box score hadn't updated. But still, Jimmy Garoppolo quarterbacks his team to 51 points. With 175 yards passing. Literally seems impossible, but the Niners are wild. The Patriots beat the Browns. The Browns turned the ball over on three consecutive plays early in the game. Still relatively close, relatively late into the game. 27-13, Patriots win there. And the Texans took care of the Raiders at home, 27-24. Connell hit the music. We got two minutes left in the show. Brad, final thoughts. Uh, on a half, uh, kind of a light. That was brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this a season of great beer at Boulevard Brewing Company. Brad, final thoughts. Lighthearted note, Matty Moore goes to the top of the charts for comeback player of the year in the National Football League. I'm, it's a victory. I have he came back from retirement. Uh, I always enjoy uh, when the members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame who went in as Kansas City Chiefs are back in Kansas City. And they were tonight. You saw the gold coats down there uh, on the field to honor Tony Gonzalez and John, uh, Johnny Robinson, who were inducted this year. And tonight they got their Hall of Fame rings. Tony Gonzalez was a no-doubter. Johnny Robinson, who was on the Super Bowl team, long overdue. Here, you like some stats? I love stats. Began his career as a running back. 15 touchdowns in a couple of years. Not bad. Transferred to full-time safety. For his career, 57 interceptions. 57! That's a lot of interceptions. And a couple of touchdowns. 741 interception yards. Took too damn long, but congratulations, Johnny Robinson and Tony Gonzalez. 
Here's where I remain today. This is going to sound very similar to our opening conversation here on this show. But this game is complicated, and figuring out who to credit and to blame over the course of a football game is often a loser's game. There were tremendous mistakes made in the last five minutes by Andy Reid after 55 minutes of excellent coaching that made Matt Moore a guy that you could put opposite Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs defense had a fundamental gaping hole in their defense. They could not get their linebackers off of the Packers running backs while otherwise having a really excellent defensive game plan and excellent execution. This is the world that we live in. The NFL has upsets and tricks and treats here and there. The Chiefs ended up losing, though, today against the Packers. Thanks for listening to the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show as the Chiefs fall 31-24 at home. You're listening to the most powerful sports station in the country. Sports Radio 810, WHB Kansas City, the power of sports.